0: By the time you hear this podcast, you'll learn the history of a man and his music before he started writing for Juice World.
1: Yeah, that's right, here to Those out to everyone that has lost someone but the truly live. Check it. Out.
2: That's while we pray for you every day we pray for you till the day we meet again and my heart is where i keep a friend memories give me the strength i need to proceed strength i need to believe my thoughts big i just can't define wish i could turn back the hands of time us in the shop shopping new clothes and kicks you and me taking flicks making hits stages they receive you on I still can't believe you're gone give anything to hear half your breath i know you still living your life
1: happy.
0: By the time you hear this podcast, I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And you can see us on Facebook Live. That's me, and that's Ben in the red shirt. <laughs> oh. from a family in oh. Alabama, my in-laws in Alabama. He's marrying into a Bama family. Oh yeah.
3: <laughs> and that happened this weekend. The two families met.
0: So that that's it. That's all you're gonna say. Oh no, it went it, it went met? fine. Okay. It went very well. Yes, it went <laughs> well, very good.
3: well. That's good. Everybody's happy. Um, yeah, dad was all like, welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. So it was cool. It was a lot of fun. And we went to, have you been to Stockyard Burgers and Bones? No. You need, you need to go. I think you would like this place. It is amazing. Um, there's one in Vinings and one in Marietta. Just like they have, um, it's kind of like a, a a different take on like barbecued type food. Like they got ribs, they got burgers and stuff like that, but they add their own little twist onto it. So it's pretty good.
0: Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, uh everyone welcome to the the podcast. Um we took 3 weeks off this time. Was it 3 weeks? Yeah. Since the um the Because 5. It never feels that long. Yeah. <laughs> probably cuz it felt like, like so- a week, but we do so much stuff, yeah.
3: That's probably why cuz we're we're it's not like we're just sitting at home twiddling our thumbs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, um yeah, thank you to everyone listening. Um and thank you to everyone who's downloaded, and everyone who's um, who watches on Facebook Live and has just been waiting for us to do another one. <laughs> so, um, uh, to let people know where where they can find us, you know, if you're watching us on Facebook Live, you have found the Facebook page. And to tell people, uh, they can search. By the time you hear this on Facebook, spell Y O U. Uh, we have a website which needs to be updated.
3: I got some off time tomorrow. Maybe I can take a look at it because I keep forgetting.
0: We're like 30 episodes behind, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, That's what we'll i supposed to get.
3: We'll forget those episodes. We'll just start where we are. <laughs>
0: we'll just start with like the last three. Yeah. <laughs> but you can still find all the episodes um, on our um, uh, on our feeds. We'll get to that in just a second. Yeah. Um, you can follow us on so other social media like IG or the Gram or yep. Instagram. Do it for on what you Call it at. By the time you hear this, spell with the letter U because we're urban. We are urban. Yes. Yes. And we now, are. You, if you haven't seen us on Facebook Live, now you know we're urban. <laughs> we're urban. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't know. <laughs> um. So uh, I'm gonna put myself in the corner so they can see you and me at the same time I, I do sometimes wonder
3: go. though like how many of them
0: were like never uh, would have known know what? I'm gonna put it in the other corner
3: never would have known <laughs> it's like but they listen to well whatever <laughs> 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 because we're urban this show is supposed to be nothing but like hip hop and R&B like hey yo man did you check out the new Mob Deep record man yo <laughs>
0: no Is there a new unreleased mob Deep record? No, I just, I made it up. That's how old I am. (laughs) That's the
3: rap I care about. I remember you made the comment once we were going out and we were still in Carrollton. And so I was like, turn on some rap music to kind of get the mood going. And I put on like Quiet Storm. (laughs) And you're like, this is murder music, man. Turn this off. (laughs) But I was like, this is what I like. This gets me jazzed. (laughs) Um. (laughs) I like murder music, so yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, so you can uh follow us on that social media. That's also our email address by the time you hear this at gmail.com spelled with the letter U. And if um you want to uh uh listen to us on the go, listen to us in podcast form because that's what that's what this is. Yeah. Uh on your smartphone device, you can uh and you know, if you want to avoid that annoying coworker who wears Nirvana T-shirts and Doesn't know Bon Jovi and Slayer and has no idea who those bands are?
3: <laughs> yeah, it's funny to see that,
0: or just finding out that uh, Juice World samples <laughs> that was <thing>. frustrating. Like... <laughs> like someone actually made an Instagram post about that. I'm oh su- my God, Juice World didn't write it. I'm surprised <laughs> they didn't go like, dude. He didn't sample Sting. He
3: sampled Raheem from from not from Kilo Ali. Loving your mouth, man. Duh,
0: <laughs> duh, <laughs> like. Um, Craig David. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to us on um, many platforms. If you have an iPhone, you can listen to us on the Apple Podcast app. If you listen, uh, if you have an Android, you can listen to us on the Google Music app. That's where you find the podcast. We're also on Podomatic, TuneIn, Castbox, Overcast, Auto Radio, Satchel Podcast Player, Play.fm, and any other uh, podcast aggregate apps. And of course, we're on Spotify. Uh, Big time, baby! Even though they only hold a hundred episodes at a time, so That's uh, if you want to start from the beginning and you're listening on Spotify, you're starting with episode nine. <laughs> because <laughs> oh, is this that is that for number, everyone, or just us? This is everyone. Huh. Because this is episode 109. Yeah. So, no, you restarted with episode 10. Yeah. So, uh, the first nine episodes, um, you can go to the website. <laughs> or just go to CastBox. I mean, like, CastBox is really like a do-all. Anything I can't
3: find somewhere, I just go to CastBox and it's there.
0: But as far as, far as our feed, I know on the, uh, the Apple podcast feed, it only was holding 100 episodes. Oh, for real?
3: Oh, damn.
2: Okay.
0: So you have to go to the website to get those first yeah. those first nine if you want to start from the beginning um i might go back and binge us. is that weird
3: <laughs> just to see where the show has come you know
0: you go for it if you're curious i'm curious to see um i know the sound was terrible for real, <laughs> I imagine our. Uh,
3: did we hit puberty during the the run
0: of the show? Our voices are higher. <laughs> Hi guys, welcome to. By
3: the time you hear this podcast.
0: <laughs> no, they're 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 actually like like quieter. Like welcome to by the time you hear this podcast. It's like NPR, <laughs> but like struggling.
3: Hi, welcome to All Things Considered. <laughs> uh, was
0: well, interesting. Like when you I, I searched in uh, the podcast in the. Uh, Apple uh, store, the Apple Podcast like store, well, you know, on the device, of course. Yeah. And you always, when you look at a podcast and you're looking at what it's about, you can see like um, you can also listen to with the section which are like similar podcasts. Mm-hmm. The only one listed was This American Life, <laughs> <laughs> which
3: is a podcast. I, I thanks for mentioning that because I used to subscribe to them, and when I changed phones, I stopped. And I love that podcast. Um, and I just stopped and I don't know why Maybe they see they sense the influence coming through.
0: Um, yeah uh, so uh, oh and also of course if you want to li- look for podcasts based on the uh, subject matter and on notes, you can go to listennotes.com and search for um, search for us there on our last episode we did a because five. No, no. Yes. Because mm-hmm. 5 Marvin Gaye songs. No.
3: The last episode?
0: The last episode. Because 5 uh, One Hit Wonders, wonders 2001. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we do have a Because 5 Marvin Gaye songs yeah. episode, so you can search for for that as that well. That was our first of the year, I believe, wasn't it? Yeah. hmm So uh, you can search for those things. We also talked about Norman Whitfield, uh, Britney Spears. Uh, no passion. <laughs> <laughs> no passion. <laughs> so you can search for those. Um, those kinds of topics, and you should uh, you'll be able to find our um, uh, you'll be able to find our uh, our podcast there by subject matter. It may take a few um, it might be a few it might be listed a little further down the search results, but you'll be able to find us listed there if you search for different musical topics. All right, um, so let's get to our music news. So, um, actually, we should start with the charts, because that will lead into our first topic. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, now, it's been a couple of weeks since we since we did an episode, but if we go back to the week of uh, June 1st, I know our last episode was posted June 2nd, but the charts had not been updated yet. So the week of June 1st, the number one album was Igor by Tyler, the creator.
3: Good or maybe the, we
0: did mention this. Yeah, I think so. We did mention this. Because I okay. think we knew it was going
3: to be number one.
0: Yeah. Okay, so the week of June 1st, uh, Igor by Tyler, the creator was the number one album. Number two, The Father of a by the Nick Fury of music, which is DJ Khaled. Um, someone said we need to explain the nicknames again. <laughs> so uh, we call him Nick Fury, the Nick Fury of music, because he brings people together to uh, do great things in music, like Nick Fury does as far as saving the world, even though uh, he doesn't really do anything, but he gets credit. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, DJ Khaled was not pleased Oh no, he was not. He was not pleased with uh his album being number two and um I'm trying to find the article uh yeah, so um
3: earlier this month, he threatened to sue billboard over the practice of album bundling. So we've talked about this I seem like it seems like this comes up every couple of months. I think did we talk about it on the last episode? Uh, album well, monthly we, with Tyler well, the, yeah, Creator? With yeah. Ty the
0: Creator we talked about that how um you know it's not just with uh tickets when you when if you buy tickets for the for the tour mm-hmm. you get a free download of the album yeah uh, with Tyler the Creator with his album coming out he had a bundle pack in which you get a shirt some mm-hmm. stickers a lawn sign um said vote for Igor right yeah <laughs> <laughs> along with the album <laughs> so
3: yeah um, so it's, it's an interesting practice. Yeah. So, you know, kind of to do another, a bit of a recap too. So not only did it happen with Tyler, the creator and DJ Khaled also caused a little tiff between Travis Scott and, and Nicki, Minaj. Nicki Minaj when yeah. Travis Scott beat her out. Um, and also didn't Kylie Jenner also kind of throw up a, a promo on her page as kind of help boost it. Like I remember there's a whole to do. And Nicki Minaj was not happy, but I, I feel that uh, DJ
0: Khaled has taken it a little bit further. <laughs> well, here's here's why. So um, uh, DJ Khaled had a bundle with his album, mm-hmm. but it was disqualified <laughs> from being added to the album sales. This is a sore loser. Um, this is from Variety. It says it has been a first-class problem for Sony Music. Uh, the parent company of Epic Records and Columbia Records uh, Epic Records has uh, DJ Khaled on their roster. Columbia Records has Tyler. After all, the top two albums in the country what's not to celebrate, but the increasingly ugly and intense squabble, which is seeing Khaled threaten to sue Billboard, has created an awkward situation for the corporate brass as it tries to keep the peace between the two sibling labels. So they're un- they're both under Sony.
3: Everyone's winning. Like, what are we...
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. So DJ Khaled sold 101,000 albums... Uh, that's so low. Well, well, those—that's how many were disqualified. Look, oh, okay. look, this ain't 1999. I man. know, I know. You're not gonna sell a million in a day. I know, <laughs> but it's just like how far have
3: you fallen? But I get it, I get it.
0: Um, so his album was included with sales of energy drinks. <laughs> so he has he has an energy drink.
3: That's funny. Okay.
0: Uh, if you buy it on shop.com, then you, you buy the drinks, you get the album. Um. Billboard determined that the site and its parent company, Market America, had crossed the line by encouraging unauthorized bulk sales.
2: Oh,
3: so he was, he was, okay, so, okay, okay. So, really, he's mad about
0: this after what he just tried to pull? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, do you, okay, look at Tyler's uh, uh, bundle pack. Yeah. And then if you buy this energy drink, you get DJ Khaled's album. So people could have bought like, you know, if 20 they bought the twenty-four pack, yeah. You get twenty-four copies of that. Like that just seems that
3: seems even cheaper than what everyone else is trying
0: to do. <laughs> like that's
3: really like, oh yeah, buy a, a one dollar fifty cent energy drink and get my album. <laughs> is that that's not fair? I don't like it doesn't bother me either way. It's just a little funny that he would try to like come for them. I'm going to sue Billboard for not letting me cheese my way to a number one record. <laughs> like, if this were 2K, that'd be cheese. That'd be the um, the, spin, the spin button mid-court. <laughs> Doesn't work, man. Doesn't I, work.
0: And also, another issue with this, Epic may have, some sources say Epic spent $5 million to record and market DJ Khaled's album. Oh my God. Why was Why did it cost so much? What's on a DJ Khaled album? Features galore. Features. And on this one, he had Jay-Z. Oh, God. Lil Wayne. Oh, God. Travis Scott. Post Malone. SZA. John Legend. The late Nipsey Hussle. Meek Mill's on like three songs.
3: Dude, this, this Chris is Brown's like, on there. I think
0: Drake's like, on there. It's like the
3: equivalent of, of just like, of spending your money to get VC. <laughs> <laughs> and then just buying all of the good players in my team like like you didn't earn this
0: (laughs) no
2: five million
0: dollars oh my god how is he gonna make that back i have no idea i have no idea how where what what his cut is on these albums because he's made a lot of money. I mean, he's the coach. <laughs> his his albums have I want to say his albums have the hit songs on it. I want to say he puts out hit songs. No, he doesn't. Other than his <laughs> We the Best, like that's and then he's like I'm out. I'm good. Like wasn't there some place where he was performing? He was doing a live performance. I'm like,
3: of what? Yeah. From what I hear, so my uh, brother-in-law, shout out to Josh, um was at the Beyoncé concert that was here. And Mm -hmm. DJ Khaled did a set and he said it was basically him in a white jumpsuit, jumping around stage, shouting DJ Khaled, we the best. He said it was very bad, it was a very bad show.
0: Can't be as bad as watching the Migos. But anyway. (laughs) um, AKA our friends from Gwinnett. (laughs) Our friends from Gwinnett. Um, Because they're from Lawrenceville. Yeah, with the (laughs) Yeah, That's why they're friends from Gwinnett. Further complicating relations, sources tell Variety, As I said, this is from Variety.com, uh, Sony has an unofficial policy of discouraging infighting when it comes to sibling labels competing albums on the charts, much like the company's mandate that its labels not overbid each other when competing to sign acts and not to poach employees from each other either. It's like a non-compete clause. <laughs> Cal's displeasure with the situation has become a matter of public record. He and several associates made an in-person appearance at Sony's Sony Music's New York headquarters. So they went in there like Ice Cube. Yeah uh, with the baseball.
3: bats. Bat. Oh, bats. they didn't take baseball bats. Sons bats.
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's his version?
3: Who's on his version of no Vaseline? Let me stop. Let me let me stop. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: Cause he's not gonna do it himself. No, no. He won't even hire a ghostwriter to, to write for him. No, like that. Um he berated epic staffers, epic record staffers, for several hours. Several Sony employees described hearing yelling from the Michael Jackson conference room. <laughs> That's what they named it? That's awesome. <laughs> At the company's Madison Avenue offices, Khaled made his way to the offices of Rock Nation, then went to Rock Nation. Um Uh... And gave an encore performance, so he went and yelled at them, too. <laughs> <laughs> this dude is too much. <laughs> uh, so he is um, more upset at Sylvia Roan, with his main complaint sitting around, centering, centering around issues with downloads that fans who bought into the bundle were experiencing. But while outlets like the New York Post characterized Khaled's outburst as a temper tantrum, a close... A source close to the artist described Khaled as passionate and concerned, noting that he did not threaten Sylvia Rohn. She is the chairman of Epic Records. Uh Sony Music has said they are still disappointed with DJ Khaled's display. Um and she wasn't and Sylvia Rohn wasn't even in town. So <laughs> when he when DJ Khaled showed up. Um I wonder if they find him for this. I mean, like this is I mean, I don't think they're gonna like do anything. They could just say, "Look, we're disappointed." You know, he didn't do it. He didn't like destroy the offices, or they can take it out of his, um, out of his royalties yeah. if he actually gets them. Um, For as you much know, money it won't be anything like that. That they spend on that damn album? But they spent five million dollars putting this album together. Uh, man, I think DJ Khaled probably feels like, "Hey, you guys didn't do your job." <laughs> you know, you you put the money up. I did the work, but y'all were still y'all, there. Was still work for y'all to do. I found the I held rappers, up my end. I found the singers. Who else to <laughs> get? Jay Z and Drake and Scissor. And I got everyone, but Kendrick Lamar and J Cole on this album. And he's on the next one. They're on the next album. <laughs> and it's only for scheduling conflict. Really, scheduling conflicts prevent that from happening. They didn't say no; they just weren't available.
3: I just imagine, like I'm DJ Khaled, and you just played yourself. <laughs> Congratulations. He you played, just played yourself. yourself. That's crazy. 5. That's so expensive. I'm trying to think like like how much an album like Supernatural cost. Cuz like that's the only really other other than like, you know, some of the DJs that'll have features and stuff like that. That's crazy, man. Um that's crazy. So,
0: uh it said DJ Kyle 101 uh A thousand of them. 101 did not count.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, and Tyler uh his are somewhere between uh 68 and 74,000 um and he had four different kinds of bundles um and some people describe it as just another way of payola. I just think it's just to get fans to get something more than just the album yeah you get a couple of things to kind of commemorate that you bought it yep cuz <laughs> we're talking about otherwise, stickers people would just signs stream and, it you know we're talking stickers, signs and energy drinks here. Yeah. Um honestly,
3: is it even a good energy drink? Like
0: <laughs> I'm I, I don't know. Um I I I don't know where else you could even buy do you have to buy it like from this shop.com or is it in the in the at the Chevron next to the <laughs> Crunk Juice? The Chevron. You're Too classy. <laughs> this is a boutique energy
3: drink. <laughs> With a copy of
0: Chevron. We would never sell it there. With the
3: incomparable DJ Khaled. Father of to, Assad.
0: We wouldn't sell it the Chevron. We are racetrack people. <laughs> 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 um uh, it did have the most uh DJ Khaled did have the, the highest streaming sales, and yeah. digital sales. So um so uh with that uh, some people ask how did they account for anomalies in the sound scan era when CDs are still selling, but you have these bundles. Um uh, uh, Jim Urey from Universal Music Group, uh he says Taylor Swift cut a deal with Papa Johns to sell her album Red with a one with a large one topping pizza for twenty-two dollars.
3: That's interesting. I didn't know that.
0: But the pizza company didn't trust the drivers to deliver the CD. <laughs> So a lot of people didn't get the CD when they ordered that bundle. <laughs> That's hilarious. So uh, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of people didn't get the CD, and Papa John's did not pay for the albums they had agreed to buy.
3: That's funny because, um, first of all, this was back when Spotify and all this stuff was still around or was around. So why are you giving out CDs? Do you really think that people like, oh, I got the new Taylor Swift CD. Let me put it in my CD player that I don't have. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what are they gonna do? Does it come with like a, di- a free digital copy too? Because this does me no good.
0: <laughs> uh, Yuri also said that uh, this has been going on for as long as SoundScan has been around. Well, the the bundling and things like that. Well, that the the whoever's number two would just he uh, his and I quote the number two label would bitch that all of their sales weren't counted, or they had accused the winner of paying off independent yeah. retailers for scans. Yeah does not surprise me. So he's—is he calling DJ Khaled a bitch? No, I don't want me to jump onto <laughs> that. But, but, but um, I do understand his perspective. Say that, hey, look, whoever's number two was going to. Hey, they're, they're if they're going to be mad, they're going to say stuff like that. Yeah.
3: So I just think it's funny oh. that he was trying to do the same thing. Tyler just did it better.
0: <laughs> well, like it, it. I mean, he he did. It was simple. He kept it simple. Yeah. It was like, yeah, let me give him some stickers and a poster. The kiss method, keep it simple, stupid. (laughs) So um, speaking of the charts, let's get to the charts. We're going to start with the albums first, since we were just talking about the Billboard 200 chart. Uh, Number one this week, debuting at number one, the Jonas Brothers, Happiness Begins. We'll get to them a little more in a second. Uh, Number two, Billie Eilish, When We Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? Number three, Santana. Africa Speaks He is back. This sounds like a charity album, though. This, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got. I got to look this up. Who is on this Africa Speaks album? Yeah, let me pull up. I got it. I'll pull it up. Um, this is uh, twenty. His twenty fifth album. Uh, it was recorded over. Oh, produced by Rick Rubin. Oh boy, <laughs> Shangri-La Studios in Malibu. I've heard good things about that place. Um, okay, this doesn't seem to have a lot of features on it. I mean, it's not it's it's a Santana album. It's not supernatural put it like that. Oh yeah, this it's looks not like supernatural.
3: It's, yeah, this looks like a straight uh actual Santana album.
0: Yeah. Good for him. I, I'm glad he's still making those. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, that's number 3, number 4, The Prequel in EP by Luke Combs. He's the one on uh, American Idol, right? Mm-mm, that's Luke. Um, Brian. Yeah. Okay. George's on Luke Brian. I feel like that's the, uh, is that like, you know how with rappers there's a lot of like Lil's and, or Big Something or mm-hmm. Big Somebody or just like some letters? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think in country it's Luke. Yeah. Luke um, something.
3: It's just one of those names. Yeah. Like- <laughs> Like what's your name, Lucas? You're now you're Luke. You're Luke. <laughs> but I want to be Luke. You're, you're Luke. <laughs> what's your name, Lucas McGillicuddy? Mm. Mm. How about Luke Combs? <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong, McGillicuddy? Mm, too no, ethnic. well. Luke Cuddy. How about that? Actually, <laughs> let me see if that's somebody that exists. <laughs> that's good. That's,
0: good. that's good. That's gonna be the the next the next country superstar, Luke, Luke Cuddy. McGillicuddy. Like, <laughs> That's true. Our fans can't pronounce that. No. Too many letters. Takes too long to say. Kids don't have that kind of time. Nope.
3: I want to hear that Luke, Luke Magilla.
0: Um... You know who's taking over country right now? Lil Nas X, okay? His yes. songs are two minutes. Yes. And there's no Luke Cuddy. We got to make that happen. If he can make a one minute song long enough for an Instagram video, he'd do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, now, Santana debut at number three. Luke Combs debuting at number four. Number five, debuting at number five, Save Me, which is an EP by future. I don't know how good it is, I but I do anything. think he's taking his time because it seemed like he was putting out an album every few weeks.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, he was he was a little busy there.
0: <laughs> uh, a so he debuts at number five. Debuting at number six, Die a legend by Polo G. I have never heard Apollo G. I don't know any of his songs, but
4: I'm I'm, guess I, it's he probably one that's hot
0: on the radio. It's oh, gotta be. Yeah. Uh number seven, Free Spirit by Khalid. Uh DJ Khaled's father of Assad is at number eight. Number nine, Baby on Baby by the Baby. And I found out that there's dub baby and Lil Baby. Those are two totally different artists. <sighs> Uh, number ten, Diamonds by Elton John. Is this new? Uh, I've never heard of it. Well, it says
3: eighty-three weeks on the charts, so maybe. oh, this is a yeah.
0: Th- this this might be a um. And looking at the album cover, oh, it's the Greatest Hits. Oh, okay, from twenty seventeen.
3: So probably um. Something to do with the release of Rocket, with Rocket man. man. Buy a ticket, get an album. DJ Khaled tries to sing.
0: <laughs> so uh, DJ Khaled is at number eight. Uh, Igor is at number fifteen. So um, you might still kind of be winning there, DJ Khaled. Why
3: is he complaining, man? You winning, bro.
0: Stop it. <laughs> All right, let's look at the Billboard Hot 100. The top ten songs still at number one. This things up. This is the song of this the is summer. A beast. Song of the Summer, right here. This is the In My Feelings of 2019. Because the Yeehaw Challenge? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) uh, So Old Town Road by Lil Nas X featuring Billy Ray Cyrus. 11 weeks at number one. Number two, Bad Guy by Billie Eilish. Number three, Talk by Khalid. Number four, Sucker by Jonas Brothers. I heard this in the grocery store the other day. (laughs) Number five, I don't care by the most influential artist in black music and the Canadian Spotify champion. That's Ed Sheeran and Justin Bieber. Uh for those who don't remember, we call Ed Sheeran the most influential artist in black music <laughs> because of a um an article by a British a, a, writer, yeah. Yeah. Had the most influential artist in black music. They used that phrase exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and number one was Ed Sheeran. To which
3: Kevin replied he might be the whitest artist in, in music,
4: period.
0: And we call Justin Bieber the Canadian Spotify champion because uh, his songs routinely pass 500 million streams yeah. on Spotify. He's got three in the billion range right yeah. now, over a billion. But like I said, routinely 500 million. Yeah. routine. We're talking about like the songs that aren't even singles. Yeah. If it doesn't make
3: 500, <laughs> it's like, well, you tried. Yeah, it's not that good. Then. You tried. <laughs>
0: Uh number six, Wow by Sirius Malone. We call him Sirius Malone because he wants to be taken seriously. Yeah. Um Sunflower, uh, from Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse by Sirius Malone and Sway Lee is number seven.
3: Sway Lee is not a nickname, that's his real yeah, name.
0: That's fr- that's uh half of um Ray Shremmer. Ray Shremmer. yes. Uh number eight, Sug by the Baby. Number nine, uh <laughs> <laughs> Debuting at Never Died, no guidance by Mr. finnaby Mean.
3: I don't want to explain this. One. Wanna...
1: <laughs>
0: oh man, uh what's the da- what was the name of that episode that we did? I don't that? know. Um,
3: <laughs> we call him finnaby Mean because uh he, in his ad in his in his interview He said, I'm about to be mean, but we thought he was going to say... He was stuttering. He was about to say, I'm about to whoop. He was about to get real vulgar. Um, Mind you, this is when he was talking about the interaction between him and Rihanna. Um, That dude's crazy. (laughs) That dude's crazy.
0: Um, This song features the perpetual Kentucky recruit, which is Drake, um, because he wants to be an athlete
3: so bad. So he's got a championship. So do we call him, like, you know, world champion
0: Drake? (laughs) Yeah, I... I guess we got to call him World Champ. He's got the NBA title now.
3: <laughs> Somebody um, superimposed his face on Jordan's face, yeah. holding the holding the trophy, yeah. iconic picture, which is kind of messed up because wasn't that the one after he that's he won his, his first championship? Died? Oh, that's his first championship. That was just the very first. Okay, one. I couldn't remember if it was the one after his father died because like, so.
0: Because uh, in that picture, his father's actually like sitting right next.
3: To him. Oh, is he? Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Not as tasteless then.
4: T-
0: <laughs> I saw a lot of um, uh, you know when you play two uh, K and when your when your my player gets interviewed after yeah. the game there's one with like drake being interviewed he has the <laughs> uniform on <laughs> oh god yeah drake world champion and number 10 um dancing with the stranger by a renowned michael jackson hater uh, <laughs> sam smith <laughs> <laughs> and the other artist known as fifth harmony uh, formerly known as fifth harmony that's normani <laughs> That's where she's from? Yeah. I didn't know that.
3: She's a she's a better singer than Camilla Cabella. <laughs> uh
0: wow. oh and oh, okay. I didn't know who did the song, but there's a the song I've heard called Pop Out by Polo G. So his album's in the top ten. His song is number eleven. So um I knew that that name might have kind of been familiar. I just didn't I didn't put it together. So uh, let's look at the artist one hundred. Uh number one. They put out an album. So that's one of the rules. The Jonas Brothers. I didn't even, I'm not even there. I I didn't have to look. I just knew. (laughs) Uh, Number two, he also put out an album, Luke Combs. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't have to look for that one. Uh, Should we nickname him Lucas McGillicuddy? (laughs) Just for fun. (laughs)
3: Well, hold on. Let me look. Hold on. Keep going. I'm going to look up what his real name is. (laughs) See if they changed it, if something was
0: too ethnic. (laughs) Uh, Number three, um we're not so worried about them that much anymore. Uh, they have their own email separate email addresses and they uh are able to eat more than um a pack of saltines a day oh like and not even like each
3: like sharing
0: yeah <laughs> yeah we split a pack of saltines <laughs> it was it was the one with two crackers in it that yeah. you get at Wendy's with your chili, yeah, yeah, best day of their life. They had to split those, but now they each get their own. Yeah, they were—they're were like we came up. <laughs> uh, that's BTS.
3: His name is Luke Albert Combs. Not even Lucas. Mm. He was born Luke.
0: His parents knew he was destined. <laughs> he was destined to be a country singer. <laughs> um, uh, number uh, well that number three is BTS because uh, K-pop seems to be. Um, a very a very dark place to be involved in.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. we have an episode on it. I can't yes.
0: remember the name of it, but I think it's called Why We're Worried About Them. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> go check it out. There's some really dark stuff in there. Yeah. Uh number four, Billy Eilish. Number five, Khalid. Number six, Sirius Malone. Are we still taking him seriously? Yeah, sure. Yeah. He's <laughs> he's Yeah. Uh number seven, Lil Nas X. Number eight, he put out an album. Santana. Number nine, the hardest working ponytail in the game. <laughs> That's Ariana Grande. And we call her that because uh she has a ponytail. Yeah. All the time. All the time. And she's putting out music.
2: All the time. All the time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> hardest working ponytail, baby. And number ten is Halsey. So that rounds out the top ten. All right. So Ben, uh, you were talking about the uh Jonas Brothers um documentary yes and there were some interesting tidbits so the Jonas Brothers um god I feel like they
3: they started out as like one of those Disney type. well actually no they didn't they started as a pop punk band and Disney picked up some of their stuff and and in this time it was when they met um Miley Cyrus who was started out as the star of Hannah Montana um playing the titular character Hannah Montana so There's a new Jonas Brothers documentary, which is funny because I don't feel they've been around long enough to get a documentary, but I guess they have an interesting story. Um, They open up in their new documentary, Nick Jonas, who um, really kind of became the breakout star, really. He wasn't the lead singer. That was Joe, I believe, was the lead singer. But Kevin's the one who just kind of broke out when he he released Jealous. Um, Opens up about uh love bug and says the song was inspired by Miley Cyrus as she changed him forever. Yeah. I can't imagine. Like I just imagine Nick Jonas going to the set of Hannah Montana, Say like, yeah, I'm here to see my girl. <laughs> like, who's your girl? Miley man. Miley's my girl. I just I can't imagine. Um she changed him forever and made him understand what love was. At the eight, tender age of what, they're like seventeen? He understood what love was. Basically, all the love songs from their previous albums are about Miley. I wish we could have gotten so because they, they toured with them, you know, um, her Hannah Montana um, 3D tour or whatever also featured the Jonas Brothers. It was a huge tour. They had a, um, a movie about it and everything concert movie and the Jonas Brothers were on their Miley Cyrus, of course, was the headliner. They were the opening act. But like I wish we could have gotten like a Fleetwood Mac style drama where they like perform together. Cause we don't get that anymore. But I wish we could have gotten that. Like and that would have been interesting because like they're both like these just pop songwriters that no one really cares about their writing skills. <laughs> <laughs> so the songs would be weird. Cause they started he they did start taking stabs at people later in life. They have a song called Better about um Taylor Swift actually. <laughs> um so I'd be curious to see like if there's any well, songs about them. She wrote a them.
0: song about whichever one she dated, right?
3: Yeah, they they were taking salves at each other totally. Cuz that's just what they do now. The, the weakest disses ever. Um you wouldn't even know it was until he says a line like all the tears on my guitar to reference yeah. So it it's just funny to me. Um but yeah, seeing this on about the new documentary makes me want to check it out now. Just to see how corny it is, I mean, I do like the Jonas Brothers and I do like the new single. Um, it's on Amazon, so I have it so I can I can watch that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But just to hear about that, I, I don't know, like I, I forgot that they were together honestly, until this came up. And now to know that you know, he all of his songs, like I just imagine they're in the studio like really another one about Miley.
0: Like, no doubt. Yeah. (laughs) Like, another
3: one about Tony? Jesus, Quinn. (laughs) And then make it even worse. He's like, shit, I got to play another song about me. (laughs) Damn it. Yeah, I can only imagine. Like, the guys in the band were like, like, come on, man. Like, every song, like, burning up, it's about Miley. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Everything's about Miley. Miley this, Miley that. Yeah, so I thought that was very interesting. I would be curious, and i got to watch this. I just would like to know what Kevin and Joe thought about this, about having to play every other song
0: about Miley Cyrus. <laughs> I think it'd be funny. Um, it would be fun just to hear her perspective as well on it. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, I wanted th- Well, actually, no, that was Demi Lovato, who they helped write most of her first album. Um,
0: so I'd, I don't know. That'd be interesting to see. Hmm. Um, One more story I wanted to get to here is, uh, of course, you can find our podcast on Spotify. But An article came out um, on Billboard saying that Spotify says that they overpaid most publishers last year and taking CRB discount for family plans, which means as part of the move to adapt the copyright royalty board determination that awarded songwriters a 44% increase over five years, Spotify has taken advantage of a new discount allowed for family and student plans resulting in U S music publishers now having to give back an undetermined amount to Spotify. So they have to give money back. Um, the CRB announced its determination in 2018 for the five year period that began January 1st, 2018, that rate determination wasn't finalized. Uh, Until December 2018. Now Spotify and its agent, the Harry's Fox Agency, have applied a retroactive reconciliation to its payments by adapting the family formula discount, which counts a family as 1.5 subscribers, and the student discounts as one half of a subscriber.
3: They're not getting that money back.
0: Um. Yeah, this is an important change because the previously three-tiered formula to determine mechanical royalties didn't have such discounts for those type of subscription plans. So like we, we we got family plans the student plans, so you you should give some of that money back.
3: I feel bad now because I have a family plan. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad. Uh, am I contributing to the problem? Spotify, I'm sorry. You made it though. I mean, (laughs) I'm gonna use it. I don't want to pay for two separate accounts for me and my my. I'm sick of saying fiance. Me and my wife. I don't want to pay separate accounts. It's expensive, man.
0: Yeah. um, It's. uh, I mean, I understand where they're coming from, but as far as trying to get money back, I mean, just do it now. I mean, just start from now instead of take the L. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's not like you're not making any money.
3: Yeah, you're still the largest streaming service in the world. Um, Yeah, just take the L, keep it moving. You live, you learn.
0: But they said, like, to try to soften, soften it, they said, rather than collect the 2018 overpayment immediately, we have offered to extend the recoupment period through the end of 2019 in order to minimize the impact of the adjustment on publishing companies. Why are you trying so hard to get it back at all? Yeah, this
3: is how you this is how you ruin a relationship. <laughs> um, as this sounds like something they did at my old job endeavor where they mistakenly paid this girl for her vacation time when she didn't have any vacation time. and then they came to get it back from her. and they wanted it like quickly. like it wasn't like, oh, you can take a few months to get it, but no, they wanted it like in two pay periods. And she was like, "Oh hell no!" She quit. She's a good employee. Over over something like that, you could have just said, "You know what? We have a seventy-something-year-old woman running our books. Just take the L." <laughs> take
0: or 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 like spread it out. I mean, I understand them trying to spread it out even more because you know if you spread it out over okay um, instead of over two Perry periods, we'll just spread it out over uh, over eight. Or ten pay period, so it's like you're missing. It's like twenty dollars less or something, if that, or however much it might have been. Yeah, you know, it's it's like you're not you're not really missing it. I mean, you notice, but it's like okay, we're talking about a few dollars. Yeah, versus you might be missing six hundred dollars a paycheck, like (laughs) like (laughs) like you you take it not half a paycheck. Like come on,
3: (laughs) over your mistake, and we really did have a woman who had to be close to eighty years old running our books at the time. And I don't know why, I don't know why she was running the books by herself. Essentially, yes. <laughs> mistakes like this were bound to happen. I'm surprised more times it didn't happen. When I found out, I was like, maybe I need to take some vacation and <laughs> 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 get some money. Yeah, Billboard, stop trying to get your money back, man. It's okay. Just take the L. You have yeah, like you said, they've got more than enough in the bank. I am sure of it.
0: Yeah. Um. Okay, well uh we'll find out what happens with that if if those post companies are really gonna try to give that yeah. money back. Um so Ben, tell us about your earworm of the week. Um, so I don't know how to pronounce this.
3: It's a very weird name. Um I found this song on a um a playlist on Spotify of songs that Jeff Picaro played on. Jeff Picaro, of course, is the late great drummer of Toto. Um, a very highly sought after session drummer in his time in the 70s and 80s and he played famously with boss Skaggs. um like he lived off of that shuffle man like he he was a huge fan of um, John Bonham and Bernard Purdy John Bonham from Led Zeppelin Bernard Purdy who played on who was also a famous session drummer most famously played with Steely Dan um had what is known as the Purdy Shuffle if you want a good laugh and a good lesson from a drummer I suggest looking up his video. Explaining the Purdy Shuffle, and then how he like, how he
0: created the Roxanne Shuffle. Yeah, and then Jeff Picaro's video about how he oh, created yeah, the about Roxanne the Bur- yeah. Cause, Shuffle. Because with the with the Purdy Shuffle, they didn't really like that, right? They didn't what? like him. They didn't like Bernie Bernard Purdy playing that. No, <laughs> no. So they well, didn't that really and like the like bass
3: player too. They didn't like him doing slap on um on Peg. But yeah, they didn't want him to do that. He did it anyway because he's Bernard <laughs> Purdy. He's gonna do what he wants. <laughs>
0: um But yeah, there's a video with Jeff Picaro. Explaining the Roxanne Shuffle, which is a combination of the Purdy Shuffle, uh, John Bonham's Fool in the Rain. Yeah, which is a great shuffle. It's like, and uh, uh, the Bo Diddley
3: beat. Yeah, the Bo Diddley um, kick pattern, the bass drum pattern. Yeah. I, for- good call, I forgot about that part, yeah, the Bo Diddley. Um, he explains how he takes all three of these elements, combines them together, and comes up with the Roxanne Shuffle, which is really nice like it doesn't sound as hard as it is to play
4: but it actually is (laughs) it's actually pretty tough to
3: play you have to have a very good left hand to ghost the notes um and yeah and then you know good right hand you just got to have a lot of um um appendage i guess you could call it independence in order to be able to play this shuffle and um it's it's pretty it's pretty tough to play um but on this song he's not playing a shuffle um, as a matter of fact, like you don't really hear him because I think Steve Lukather plays on this as well. Uh, and you kind of hear towards the end of the song, like there's just a lot of crazy stuff they start doing. The song itself is is, is a pretty good song, though, um, and I just really like it.
0: All right. I'm going to take a stab at this pronunciation and think it's uh, Shaskel. Hey, your guess is good <laughs> as mine, man. Uh, Twinkle Shaskal, uh from the album Haunted by Real Life. And this song is called Hold Me. Mm hmm. And we're going to play it and we'll be right back. you Is hold me by Shaskell still guessing on the pronunciation? Yeah, I might try to find out how you pronounce it. But in looking up, uh, just looking up the name, uh, there are some connections to some previous episodes that Twinkle Shaskell might have. Okay, uh, she sang background vocals on a song called Broken Arrow by uh. Well, at least the cover—I uh, don't know if this is a cover song, but a song written by Robbie Robertson—but it was a song performed on Rod Stewart's um, Vagabond Heart album.
3: That's that the one that had um,
0: the beating of my heart? Um, I know. He has a cover of This Old Heart of Mine. Oh no, nah, it's the wrong album. Then no, that's not. The uh, album. this one that had the Motown song on it. Oh, okay, okay. And um, have I told you lately the Van Morrison cover mm. and um a cover of you are everything and a cover of it takes two. was this the covers album or sounds like
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah the the Robbie Robertson song it was it was a cover of his song Broken Arrow um Yeah uh but the album overall, um, well, the Motown song, which featured The Temptation of Background Vocals, Jeff Piccaro played drums on nice. that. Okay. Steve Piccaro played synthesizer. <laughs> um, another song had Steve Lukather on guitar, uh, which was produced by Trevor Horn. Oh, man. <laughs> um, and then another song, well, Broken Arrow, that version of Broken Arrow was produced by Patrick Leonard. Yeah,
3: he produced yeah. the,
0: uh, the uh, Shaskill album. Okay. Yeah, he produced that album. And there was another song that was produced by the song uh, Rebel Heart, the cover of It Takes Two and You Are Everything, and Have I Told You Lately, produced by Bernard Edwards. Wow.
3: (laughs) Six degrees of separation. (laughs) And they all knew Kevin Bacon. (laughs) I was trying to see who played bass on it, because they were just like Jeff Vicaro and just the whole band, they were just, they were, they're so in sync. And that's, God, He he's, he's so good. <laughs> I mean, or he was so good because he's not alive anymore. And it's just, it's really a shame um, that we lost him at such a young age. Because I imagine, you know, he would be up there, you know, doing drum videos like some of the, like some of the older drummers you see now coming out and doing videos, talking about their techniques. All we have now is, you know, what he did in the past but like I can only imagine what we would be getting from him now and someone even like someone like a John Bonham you know it sucks me when, when you lose someone young yeah you know it 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 really does especially when they're a great talent and you know you just don't get to see what they could have shared what they could have done you know so hmm, that I'm kind of sad
0: <laughs> <laughs> um so we'll uh You can find that on our BTT YHT Airworms playlist right now. Well, actually, I'm going to add it right now. So for anyone who's listening on Spotify, um, I'm going to add it right now. So if you were looking, you want to be be that guy. Yeah. Um. The company that wants their money back, Spotify. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So um, we started the show with the... um, MTV, VMAs, the performance of I'll Be Missing You by Puff Daddy featuring Faith Evans and 112, and a special cameo by Sting, uh, the lead singer of a band called The Police. In case you didn't know that,
3: because he is that type of famous, to where you might not have known that Sting was in a band, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) you might have not known that he was in a band.
0: Before he started
3: writing for Juice World. Juice World. World. <laughs> um, <laughs> is that his name now? Juice World's writer? Juice World's, <laughs> World's ghost <Ghostwriter>.
0: writer. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brings him up on stage to get the Grammy. <laughs> but we're going to talk about the last album that his band, The Police, made uh, called Synchronicity.
3: Yeah, I was a little surprised to realize that this was their last album. Um I did not realize that at the time. So that 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 what a way to go out, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh this was
0: them at the really at the peak of their of their fame. Yeah. Height of their powers, so to speak. Yeah. Um but they just couldn't deal with each other anymore. <laughs> and that's so
3: crazy. Like it, like they just couldn't keep it together. <laughs>
0: Yeah, (laughs) because they all had they all had different ideas. Like they all came from different backgrounds. Um, You know, uh, Stuart Copeland was, you know, he has a heavy jazz influence. Mm -hmm. And Andy Stewart, I mean, Andy Summers, Mm -hmm. uh, kind of a punk influence. Yeah. And Sting was uh, he was reading a lot. (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, like if you if you look at like where his lyrics come oh, God, from, oh yeah, they're totally <laughs> yeah. Like he he reads like so many different things, um, and, and some not so obscure, but it'll be like he'll read like a a Tolstoy novel or something, and throw it in a song. <laughs> and
3: put it in a song. <laughs> Don't believe us? Go back and listen to some of his lyrics. Yeah, like they were like past. Well, the first album was um. I would say maybe past um, Ghost in the Machine, they started getting odd. They started getting weird. Uh, Outlandish, the more
0: um, was their first one that had Roxanne. They had Roxanne. I can't get next to you. Next and, to you, so yeah. lonely, can't stand losing you. You know, so that you was know, regular stuff. Regatta de Blanc, which was supposed to be, mean white reggae. So the you the, making fun of himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah so have that, and then with Zenyata mandata, which I have no idea what it means, but it has the song um don't stand so close to me, yeah, which was inspired by lolita yeah <laughs> um
3: d d do do, 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 do da, 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 da 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 which i like that song but like that's that's that do that, da yeah he, yeah yeah, Don't Sound So Close to Me is kind of a, a yeah, it's, it's a creepy song, and they echoed that song on um, Synchronicity, I think. And we'll talk about that soon,
0: but yeah. yeah. That seemed to be something he liked to write about. Um, And then, what was after that? Then Ghost of the Machine. Yeah, I got the albums mixed up. I thought Ghost of the Machine had, was second, uh, but. Uh, Spirits in the Material World, which is about capitalism or whatever. Uh, Invisible Sun, which was... Terribly depressing. Um, <laughs> oh, he that he writes about current events too. So, this is about um, um, hunger strikes in Belfast, uh, what was going on in, in Beirut. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, basically, it's it, it's a you know, it's social music, yeah, basically to a degree, yeah. And then the song, um, uh, there's another one, uh. Demolition Man was that inspired by something? I feel like that was inspired by It inspired by
3: something. a movie cuz he did a song for the Demolition
0: Man soundtrack actually. Oh, this is a it's a cover of uh the Grace Jones song. Demolition Okay. Demolition Man is the cover of the Grace Jones song. Um But yeah, they and they started using more synthesizers, I guess, with that one. And then they were getting away from the reggae-inspired in, um, sound. Um, so with synchronicity, they're using... um I guess more synthesizers. More synthesizers, more uh, world music. Um, yeah, I mean, it's almost yeah. like... It was more and, like and, a and new and wave it was, record, really. Yeah, it is, it's new wave. Yeah. But they used more more synthesizers and it was more focused on the production of, mm-hmm. It's uh, a very well produced album. Yeah. And uh it says it was inspired by world music as well. So uh we're going back to listening to this album, mm-hmm. Ben, uh what um what kind of stood out to you as far as if you learned anything new or what you actually liked about it from hearing it?
3: Well really it was more so I went to go listen to the deep cuts, um, because a lot of the songs on here. So when you, when you know, we mentioned, our, I realized it was on the um, on the list of topics we have, and I went to go look at it. And I was like, I listen to a lot of these songs on a fairly regular basis, so like it wasn't even a matter of going back to listen to them. It was more so going back to listen to the deep cuts, and I liked, I liked, like I liked. Oh my God, I really like that song. Um, T in the Sahara was actually pretty good. I did realize. um, why I didn't necessarily, um, maybe Sting didn't want Andy Summers and Stuart Copeland to write. Because, like, I listened to their songs and I didn't really like them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's like, well, it might have seemed like he was being a jerk. So
0: there are, um, there are 11 songs. Well, 10 to start off with. And then there was an 11th song yeah, uh, on numbers. later versions. But of the 10 songs, Sting wrote eight of them. Yeah. So he's like, okay, uh, you guys can have a song. Hey, look, you, whoever he was talking to on the side, look, these aren't going to be singles. Okay. So just make <laughs> sure these aren't singles. But Stuart like,
3: Copeland uh, was like, mine's going to be a single. <laughs> <laughs> he made it short. Mine's going to be a single. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I and I get, you know, as arrogant as it might seem, Sting was the better writer. And just to give
0: you guys an idea, write the hot hand. <laughs> we're gonna um I'm gonna I'm trying to pull up the album here this is uh um make sure nothing else playing in the background okay cool all right this is uh this is which one is it mother this is mother this is the one that Andy Summers wrote (laughs) this is mother um What this song kind of reminded me of, I was waiting for, like, some regular pop rock beat to drop. Yeah. God, I, I, I can't. No, It it never dropped. Do you remember a song called um, Mexican Radio uh-uh. by Wall of Voodoo? Mm-mm. It kind of sounded like that. Let's see if I can pull it up real quick. Um, but it had, like, it, it, I thought it was, like, an offbeat sound that would have, like, a, that would sound kind of pop. Mm-hmm. But then a beat comes in. Yeah. This, was, this was New Wave. So I thought the song was going to sound like that. And it's just a mess. It's not. And it's not. <laughs> Nothing at all.
3: And what's really sad, and this is going to sound messed up, and no disrespect to Andy Summers and Stuart Copeland, who are both amazing musicians in their own right, this is almost a perfect record without those two songs. Yeah. I mean, like, it it is their in my opinion, this is their best album and save those two songs, this is almost an unskippable record. Um, Those were, and like, as I'm going through and listening to it, cover to cover, those are the only two songs I don't like. (laughs) And I I was like, oh God. Like, they kept it from being, because everything else is all killer, no filler. You know, shout out to Sum 41. The Sum's. Yeah, The Um, Sum's. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) So, like, you know, from synchronicity to walking your footsteps. Oh my God. Which it really sounds like the opening to daydream uh, day tripper. Um, it's, it's really good. And so like, you know, you got to think then like, you know, the side too, because that's how they did it back then. Kids. Yeah. Um, seven, eight, nine, 10, all solid. <laughs> like that's a solid side. So that side of the record would have gotten worn
0: out. <laughs> yeah. Um, definitely. And, and that, and that had the, those had the, um, well, if there were five singles, there were actually only four. Mm-hmm. But one one of the single of the of the release singles, one of them's on side one.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, the other three are on side two. Yeah. So yeah, I I would agree with that. <clears throat> um, so like I said. Uh, of the of the ten songs, originally released songs, eight of them were written by Sting. Yeah. By himself. Yeah. No help. No help needed.
3: Because he's Sting. And he has he he has earned the right to have that ego. As messed up as it sounds. Because there is no I in team. But But he
0: was the one, he was writing the 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 hits. Yeah. Like Roxanne was just him. Yeah. Uh Can't Stand Losing You, just him. So Lonely was him. Message in a bottle. Walking on the Moon, Bring on the Night, which he took to, uh, which I thought might be another interesting topic, the uh, the documentary film Bring on the Night, which is basically his tour after his first solo album. Oh, really? Which album was that? Was that Uh, Dreaming of Blue Turtles? Okay, Uh, because it had he 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 found like all the top young jazz musicians. (laughs) in 1984 <laughs> to play with them, <laughs> <him>. yeah <laughs> to go to with the, like bring on the night the police version of bring on the night is mm-hmm. pretty good the touring version of bring on the night like is amazing. <laughs> it it's it's totally different it's a totally different uh feel you know um but yeah sting was writing all all their hits came yeah. from sting i mean i name the name the hit song that one of the other two guys was right
3: Okay, oh, consumer. You can't. <laughs> no, it's just, it's just, yeah, and that's the thing. So you got to put ego aside, and I think everyone, because they were so talented, they all had egos, but yeah, they were talented musicians. He was a talented writer, I, and I, I believe he was a more talented writer than he was a musician. He wasn't a bad bass player, but like he wasn't, he wasn't Les Claypool. I'm trying to think of who was, you know, big back in the '80s. He wasn't like a virtuoso on on his instrument, in the way that you know the the talent level that Andy and Stewart had, he wasn't there. And I believe, in if anything, Stewart was the was the most talented member of the band from a musical standpoint. But he was a he was a really really good writer. Um, and I think when you're in a band with a really really good writer, just let them write.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: Just you know, don't get upset. Don't get your feelings hurt. Just let them write.
0: You know. And what was because of the the tension, I guess, um, they recorded their parts in separate rooms. They were at the air studios in Monteserrat, which is uh, in the Caribbean. So they had this beach setting, I guess you'd say. Uh, that's where the uh, session started. And they were in separate rooms. Uh, Stuart Copeland... Had his drums in the dining room. That's interesting. (laughs) Sting was in the control room, and Andy Summers was in the studio, actual studio by himself. (laughs) Uh, According to co producer Hugh Paddam, this was done for two reasons Uh, to obtain the best sound for each instrument, and for quote unquote social reasons. Mm, Social reasons so they didn't kill each other
4: <laughs> <laughs> pretty much uh
0: Fatim also said that subsequent overdubs were done with only one member in the studio at a time uh so uh, but i think mostly so they wouldn't kill each other yeah, yeah i would agree with that and then they also recorded at les studio in quebec um and this was up until about 4 or 5 months before the album actually came out um oh and during the recording of Every Breath You yeah. Take, Sting and Stuart Copeland actually came to blows, and Hugh him nearly quit the project. I wonder who
3: won. <laughs> only I think only Hugh would tell the truth. Stuart's not admitting he lost. Sting's not admitting he no, lost. No. They both won. That's what they would say. <laughs>
0: um so yeah, that was uh um, with that song in particular, um, with them being uh, tensions, personal tensions, um, the tensions almost led to recording sessions being canceled until a meeting involving the band and the group's manager, Miles Copley, who was Stewart's brother, resulted in an agreement to continue. Um, and then they added some other parts. Um, so, so I mean, I guess we know why this was their last. Yeah, uh, Stuart Copeland says, in my humble opinion, this is Sting's best song with the worst arrangement. I think Sting could have had any other group do this song, and it would have been better than our version, except for Andy's brilliant guitar part. Basically, there's an utter lack of groove. It's a totally wasted opportunity for our band, even though we made gazillions off of it, and it's the biggest hit we've ever had.
3: That sounds so salty, man. (laughs) It's all the salt. (laughs) Jesus, man. (laughs) All the salt. You can't even. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. That that just sounds like sour grapes, man. That just sounds like you had a song that you <laughs> he, he he tried to get it. He tried to sneak a second song. He on tried to album. get it, and he was that's like, <laughs> "No, nah, man, I got the song called Every Breath You Take.'" Another one, Sting. Another one. Come on, man. Boy, or, I... <laughs> or, he tried to like do something extra,
0: and he was like, "No, mm-hmm. no it's like no, it's probably like this, like, like." Andy and Stuart work so hard on their songs, for, for weeks, <laughs> right? Sting comes in, hey, I got this song I wrote last night.
4: <laughs>
3: uh, <laughs> Here, they hear this like, fucking brilliant. It's, like, it's brilliant. Jeez. Like,
0: oh, it's, it's a good song. How long? Two hours? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> no, 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 it's shorter than that. It's like, how long did it take you to write it? Um, I don't know, I was like half asleep, probably like 10, 15 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Stewart like puts his <laughs> lyrics away.
3: It's like, yeah, man, that's cool, man. We'll do yours. We'll do yours. <laughs> oh, what's that over there? Ah, oh, nothing, uh, man. Oh, not, uh, it was just um My grocery um, list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to the grocery store later. <laughs> Your groceries rhyme? Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, why not, man? You know, bananas, Uh, bananas, <laughs> you know, that stuff. You, know, that you got to have bananas. That's
3: a real lyric, too. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds like sour grapes, man. Come on come on Stuart just just let it go
0: <laughs> oh man all the salt yeah um <laughs> uh what else kind of stood out to you about about the album anything production wise or um or songwriting wise
3: well kind of like we mentioned there's more use of <clears throat> excuse me there's more use of, of synthesizers uh, and it has like I feel like the two title tracks because there's two of them yes. synchronicity 1 and 2 have a very like futuristic feel to them yeah so admittedly like I knew a lot of the other songs on the record for a long time but both synchronicities are not songs I really knew until maybe like 3 years ago um as a matter of fact I had kind of discovered them the week I had them as a um as a uh, earworm um yeah, like I think ago. it was
0: the the second one.
3: Yeah, synchronicity too. Yeah, because um, I was you know I just picked up drums and it was a fun beat to try to play along to. So I wasn't really familiar with that one. Every other song on there though, like all the singles, I knew. King of Pain was like one of my favorite songs of all time, um, and is admittedly my favorite Police song, with Raptor on My Finger a very close second. But like, it's a very futuristic song, and thinking back to other stuff they've done. I can't think of anything off the top of my head that sounds this futuristic. And I felt like that really kinda defined the feel of the album.
0: Well, this is, um, you know, if we're gonna look at the the era of New Wave, mm-hmm. this is the, the quintessential New Wave album. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that with other New Wave albums, I think a lot of people were thrown into that just because from an image standpoint. Yeah. But with this, this is a new wave album because of how it sounds. Like it's the combination of uh, you have the, the, the rock elements, the punk rock elements, a little bit of reggae because that's where they came from. Yeah. And the synthesizers and, and the, the futuristic sounds, the the, the, the lyrical concepts, or, or, you know, where he's getting these lyrics from. Like synchronicity is inspired by Carl Jung's theory of synchronicity. <laughs> where is Sting finding time to read this stuff? Well, he's only spending 15 minutes writing songs, so he's got all this time. Did he just read the first page? It's no, like, no, no. Actually, no. More time was spent reading. Than writing. And, uh, and then, like, he, like, memorized the whole book. Like, okay, we can use this and make make a song out of it. Uh, and there were good songs. It's, like, it's the weirdest <laughs> subject matter that he's
3: writing about, and it's still good, you know? Yeah, but, yeah, the, and, you know, with this song, I do feel like every now and then he... His songs kind of have like a sense of urgency in them and you, you kinda get this from this song too. So like when I hear it it even with the futuristic stuff, it still sounds like yeah, Sting wrote this.
0: <laughs> it just still sounds like it, you know. There it's just a good song. I mean the the songs that people hear when you think of the police. Yeah. You're here these are the they're Sting song. I mean no let's well, be honest, no one's thinking about oh my uh no one's thinking about mother. Or Ms. Gredenko no, right now. <laughs> no, they're not.
3: And if they are, they're related to Andy Summers and Stuart Copeland. <laughs> they're related to them like, oh, uh, you know, that that Sting guy should let them write more songs. Uh,
0: I put out a, a story on our Instagram uh, with this song in the background. Yeah, I saw. Uh, with, with this song, um, well, I like... There was like that, there's the, the sense of urgency with this yeah. song, um, and just as far as like you could say that, uh, as the kids might say, Sting was in his bag as far as in writing bag. the song. That's a new one, is that like <laughs> in his groove or something? Yeah, okay, <laughs> nice. I've heard of Get That Bag, but in his bag. Anyway, like like going to your bag of tr- what you do well, uh-huh. you know, you you going into that. That's dope. Um, Is that still cool? <laughs> <laughs> I think people like the like a few years younger than us may still say dope. Okay, that's dope. But, all right, we can we can we can say it, but ironically, it'll, it'll just be yeah, yeah just us. It'll just be a giveaway of who we are. <laughs> of who we are. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think
3: one of the things that helps push the urgency of a lot of the police songs. I really think it's Stuart Copeland. Um, I've seen some live performances from him. He speeds. He likes to speed things up, and I think he feels his most comfortable playing fast. Um, Because I can listen to some of their songs where the tempo is supposed to be slower, and it's a live version. He's just he he's going. He's going. He's going. And I think he's one of those people who just like he plays better when he plays fast. Because he just sounds so comfortable. And like he loves to fill up space with all like with so many different things. He's got all these splash cymbals. He's got rototoms. toms. He's got this. He's got, like he fills that space up. I think he's like, oh, I can do it if I'm playing fast because I don't have to do too much of anything.
0: Yeah, um, I kind of uh, what got me is in like hearing like what he sounds like as far as a drummer is hearing. Uh, it wasn't on this album. It was on um, Regatta De Blanc, mm-hmm. actually the 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 song regatta de blanc
4: yeah
0: um and which i kind of like paid more attention to like how he's with what feels he's playing mm-hmm. and kind of the his he's playing in a way that you would if any if they had any other drummer they, it would sound different i think it would as well it would probably sound boring compared to what he actually did i agree <laughs> um interesting enough with with synchronicity, um, uh they don't know the connection between the two, two songs between mm-hmm. "Secrecy one and two sting has not explained it um and uh stewart copeland actually hated starting these the, the tour starting the concerts with either of those songs really <laughs> did he say why um uh so he said none of none of us in the band can remember which one is which. <laughs> so, <laughs> the only way I keep this straight is that Sync One has Sting's Cool sequencer part, that dunda dunga dunda thing that to this day, uh that I to this day get all the credit for. <laughs> People think it's me playing some percussive instrument and I have to put them right. It was real Ramalama way of starting our set on tour, though it almost killed me to start with that kind of onslaught every night it's a it's a blistering tempo that's got it. let me see here
3: i'm going to guess that that is probably close to 130 to 140 beats per minute um it's a very fast song but stewart can play fast so granted i guess if you're doing like a one or two hour set that can be a lot to start out with but like <laughs> stewart can play hell he could play fast he probably played it faster <laughs> in the concerts cuz it was yeah I, like if I look, I feel like he did. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I bet he did. Okay, so beats per minute from getting beats per minute for the song. Um, the beats per minute for, God, I was I was off. 146. <laughs> and I guarantee you, because I wouldn't be surprised if he was in the bebop, he probably pushed it to about 160. I'm going to guess he pushed it to 160.
0: So this is from their... Um their 2003 show in Atlanta. This is Synchronicity One. Already sounds faster. It sounds faster. (laughs) Yeah, that's faster. (laughs) He's like, let's look at this song over (laughs) with.
3: (laughs) Yeah, he pushed it to about once. Well, he didn't start it out, so... But yeah, they're they're playing it. It's probably if not 155, somewhere between 155 and 160. Like this is much faster. And like for Sting, well, I would say for Andy Summers, there's not a ton that he's having to do, but like Stewart's having to do a shit ton. He's just like, ah, oh, God. <laughs> All right, here's
0: synchronicity too. We'll see if that sounds faster.
3: That sounds not as faster, but slightly faster. Yeah. He's adding some stuff in there, though, too. But, I mean, he's very jazz-inspired anyway, so that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, he's adding extra kicks and all that stuff. See, he likes this. He's like, oh, it kills me. You like playing fast. (laughs) I saw him, I want to think I saw him playing with, like, Incubus or something when they did a cover of a Police song, and, like, he was just going in. Like,
0: he just, he likes to play fast. There's this um, like after this like it's like we said, this was the last police album. Yeah. So they all went their separate ways. Stuart Copeland did like some he was like scoring stuff. Like yeah. he he does the theme song for I know people may not know this, just like they didn't know Sting wrote for Juice <laughs> World. Um they didn't know that if you've seen the Denzel Washington movies Equalizer, Equalizer Two, yeah. That's based on a TV show. Yeah. From the eighties called The Equalizer that um Uh, Stuart Copeland did the theme song for Mm -hmm. and if I try to pull it up here Um, the theme song um, and it sounds like if this were if there were another police album Mm -hmm. it might (laughs) it might have ended up sounding like this (laughs) 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 Uh, or it's the one song that um, Stuart Copeland Mm -hmm. got to write you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Be his song. It's
3: like, this is my submission for the album for review by Sting. <laughs> Sting has to say thumbs up or thumbs down. That's how he does it. <laughs> it's like the Emperor of Rome.
0: All right, here it is.
3: it sounds like some of that Chicago stuff they put out. <laughs> In the 80s? Yeah. <laughs> Was this from the 80s? Yeah. Okay, that makes so much sense. I've never seen the TV show. The Equalizer. I've seen the movie.
0: Um, But yeah, this is the kind of stuff that Stuart Copeland ended up doing. And, uh... Let's see what else he ended up doing. Um... <laughs>
3: Chris, he's gonna throw some live, some real drums
0: in there. He had to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he did uh, soundtracks for Wall Street, um, See No Evil, Hear No Evil. Okay. Uh, She's Having a Baby, Fresh, um, Good Burger,
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, The Amanda Show.
3: Amanda, Amanda, Amanda. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, he ended up doing a lot of stuff like that. Okay, this as far as the theme song, it didn't get this far. Yeah, say like this is first. like
3: really going in. They're like, all right, yeah. you can you can stop now.
0: <laughs> yeah, it ended here.
3: They <laughs> so did the <laughs> theme song, the soundtrack for Spyro. Yeah, those okay. I remember those games.
0: Yeah, for Spyro and Spyro Two, Spyro Year of the Dragon. So yeah, so that's the kind of stuff he he ended up doing after. Um, but back to back to this album here. Um, one of the songs that I guess everyone knows uh, from the album is uh, "Every Breath You Take." Yeah, and it's kind of the song that <laughs> it's kind of weird how this happens to where there's always um, the song that the band. They they don't like it, but they wrote it. I mean, I know, well Sting wrote it, yeah. but still, like, even I don't think he even likes. Uh, he I don't think he even likes performing it all that much. Yeah, but it. But it I seems. think also part of it is that it gets misinterpreted. <laughs> yeah, like it's about it. It's a stalker anthem. But people play it at weddings. <laughs> <laughs> but I think like there's a clip where he's like, uh yeah, we play every breath you take was our wedding song." creepy as hell good luck (laughs) that will not be played
3: at my wedding people (laughs) if it starts playing i'm running to the dj like cut it cut it it, man starting off the marriage
0: wrong (laughs) like no don't play this song um but with this song like you know being the hit um just being a, a worldwide smash yeah um I wanted to bring it up... It's even coming to Ominous oh, Video. Cut off.
3: He's you know he's standing there playing the stand-up bass. <laughs> it's black and white.
0: Yeah. Uh, the video was directed by Godly and Green. Who's that? Um, they were in the band 10CC. Yeah, the song I'm Not In Love in the 70s. I think so.
3: I should know this. I'm in the 70s, band, But... <laughs> <laughs> I have to check it out I don't know I'd have to hear it just now Um I mean it's a very haunting song And it's Funny because like I don't like it as much As I used to But this is totally The type of song That I would like And the type of song That I would write Um Yeah But my favorite part Is honestly Is the bridge Like everything else Is kind of boring Um yeah
0: but it's just yeah it's just kind of a... i like that the song was um it just seemed like it was it's a very simple simply written song um, very
3: hard guitar part
0: yeah yeah and look andy had to have something to do man. yeah he's, <laughs> like he made it hard,
3: and it's one of those things he made it hard for no reason like he does these incredible stretches on it's in like an a flat like he could have easily or granted maybe he got mad at sting and things like he's like Sting's like i wanted an a flat he's like why not nay because i wanted an a flat (laughs) and so like instead of being able to play open chords he has to play like these huge like he's stretching like several frets to play that a flat (laughs) to get those notes like i can't i've tried to play this song i don't know i don't mean don't know many guitar players that can make that stretch to play this song i imagine it was so annoying um when all you had to do was take it up either a half a step or down a, or down a half a step and you can just play some open chords <laughs> and make this easier i would have been so pissed What's
0: <laughs> was weird like with this song uh it says um well like i said like you said one couple told me oh we love that song it was the main song later at our wedding and i thought well good luck yeah um And he, in the video, he appears angry. And he told uh, BBC Radio, I think the song is very, very sinister and ugly, and people have actually misinterpreted it as being a gentle little love song when it's quite the opposite. Yeah, no joke. Uh, Gary T. Marks, a sociologist of surveillance studies, wrote that while the song is a love song rather than a protest song, it nicely captures elements of the new surveillance, uh, like every breath you take, for breath analyzer, every step you take, like <laughs> to an electronic anklet, and every value break to voice stress analysis. Oh God. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, uh, there's a demo of it where he's singing it with a Hammond organ.
3: Oh, I'd be curious to hear that.
0: Um. And there's a. Uh, <clears throat> There's a. Uh, there was another. Was there another demo? Okay, I thought they said it was another demo in here. Oh, they said it sounded like a Billy Preston song. I could. Okay, that'd be cool. I like Billy Preston. Yeah. Um, the Fifth Beatle. The Fifth <laughs> Beatle. Yep. Um. So yeah, I mean that this song ends up being the smash hit. Um. It won, I know it won some awards. Um, it uh, it was one of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame songs that shaped rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billboard has it ranked number 29 as their greatest all-time Hot 100 singles. Uh, then it was number 25 on their all-time Top 100 Songs chart. That's interesting. Uh, I
3: don't even think it's their best song, but I mean, it's. I get it. It's the one that people relate to the most. It's a love song. <laughs> in quotes. In quotes. In quotes I song, should say. Quotes. A love song in quotes. Um, well, it's a song about relationships, and those are typically the songs that people relate to the most. And it's the most straightforward one about because I feel like uh Wrapped Around Your Finger is about relationships to a degree. And King of Pain, you can sort of extrapolate a relationship story from it. But like a true, like simple, we can understand relationship song, it's that one. And of course, it would be the one that stands out the most that people remember the most. And then Diddy, you know, of course, um, helped kind of introduce it to a new audience.
0: Um, what do you think of like the? I guess of of
3: him sampling it. Who did he? Yeah, um, was well, one was Puffy back then. So I have to say that. Oh yeah, yeah, Puffy. Puff Daddy, Puff Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> um. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, like, at the time, I wasn't really familiar with the police, so I didn't really know what to think about it. I'd be curious to see what I, you know, if it came out now, what I think about it. Um, Because the one thing about Puffy back then, his samples weren't just samples like a regular hip-hop record. Like, he was sampling and then using the melody line. Yeah. And made it work for Big, and you said it came out two months after. Two months. (laughs) Yes, yeah, that's, that's creepy. Um, so I I mean, like looking back on it, like all right, yay! Thanks for introducing a whole new generation of people to the police and sting. But it was kind of cheap. Yeah, <laughs> it was just it was just kind of cheap. Like you you changed a few words, essentially. Like you do what me and my friends do for fun. Like <laughs> when we're just messing around with a song, only you like pass it off as a platinum record from you know his your famous album no way out like it's just weird you know it was and then not and not only did you do that then you interpolate another <laughs> gospel song yeah. that you probably did not have to pay anybody for because it's probably in common use um it just felt cheap yeah it just, it just felt cheap honestly
0: uh i think the story went that he was watching MTV one day and the, then that song came every breath you take came on mhm and that kind of inspired the whole thing. That made him think about it. That a he just heard it one day. In 1998,
3: 97. 97. Oh, wow, even older. We're talking about like weeks, a, few, a, a, a couple weeks after Biggie died. I almost want to ask someone at MTV to check the programming schedule to see if that song really played. <laughs> or did he? Because I still think he just had this in his back pocket and was just waiting. Um, Wait for Biggie to die? (laughs) Hey, man. Hey. (laughs) But, like, that's just weird. Like, you know, like, Biggie dies, and you're sitting at home, and you're watching MTV in 1997, and they play this song by Sting. Uh, Excuse me. Wow, I just did that. By the police. Sting and the police. (laughs) Sting featuring the police. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Sting. (laughs) These are the police. These are the police. (laughs) Somehow you heard that song. And that inspired you to to get Faith on the phone, to get 112 on the phone, and call up Sting to
0: see if you could use the song. Well, I don't think he had to like call up Faith at 112. It's like, and look, they were he. Well, he just said, "Be in the studio." <laughs> they're on his label. <laughs> it's like just it's be like in the studio. Three in the morning, they're what, all tired. What we, like, what's going on? What are, what are we doing? Just be in the studio. Yeah. Get ready.
3: See these words. Yeah, sing them. <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> how do I sing? It's gonna be to the tune of,
0: <laughs> of "I'll Fly Away."
3: <laughs> it's gonna be to the tune of "I'll Be Miss" uh, of to by to, of um, every step you take, yeah. every breath you every breath you take by the police. Yeah, by the police, man. You still doing this, man? Won't you write something original? This is original, <laughs> Puffy. Man, I, I get it. He made a lot of money off of it too, and you know, kudos to him for inviting Sting on stage to sing it. And you know, because I remember the first time I saw, I was like, "Who is this guy?" <laughs>
0: If he didn't invite Sting, Sting was gonna sue him like Rolling Stones did the <laughs> <Yeah.
3: birth.
0: laughs> verb. I, I am Gordon
3: Sumner. Do you know who I am? <laughs> yeah, I, it's just it's interesting. Like I remember watching it, I was just like, "Who is who is this?" Everyone like cheered, and I was like, I didn't really know who that was. And of course, there's no Wikipedia back then, so you can't just
0: <laughs> Google these things. Um, let's get to one of the other singles here. Uh, it's probably the song I, I listen to the most if I if I had the CD and, and listened to it. Mm-hmm. The song I probably listened to the most, it will either it'll probably be King of Pain. Yeah, that one's amazing. I used to used to cover that one if by chance, man. Um what what stand what do you like about the song? I love the
3: lyrics. And I just love the fact that I was a simp back then. And so <laughs> I took it as like I will always be the King of Pain, man. These girls don't want me, man, so I'm the king of pain. And people listening, I wish I was joking. I am not joking. <laughs> I was so emo back then. This is a live
0: version that yeah. you're hearing.
3: So I will say the first, I don't know if this would apply to you, the first time I ever heard this song was Alanis Landis Set's cover of it from her Unplugged album. Uh,
0: I I heard the the original version first. Um. Uh. Well, I was introduced to this band. I feel like I told you the story. It was probably like a really long time ago that I told you the story. But right before I left Oklahoma,
4: mm-hmm.
0: um, we had uh, the house we were we were living in. Um, the family that lived next door had just moved out, and a new family had moved in, mm-hmm. and it was a black family.
4: Yeah,
0: uh, which was like this is Lawton, Oklahoma. There That's there rare. aren't a lot of black people there, <laughs> and I, it was weird that they had moved in while we were moving out. So it's like okay, the black we They're have to exchanging. replace the black family. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> oh what year was this? This was 92. Cuz
3: you were military, right? Yeah. I wonder if <laughs> that's where Kendra's from. That Kendra lived there for a bit. I I for their family.
0: I think that was I think it was a military family. Yeah, they lived there for but a bit. the uh I met the, the the kid who was living there. I think we were the same age or okay. he was like a year older than me. Okay. Oh, then, yeah, uh, so definitely. I'm I'm 8, he's 9. He was a huge police fan. Really? Like I'm like hanging out and like even though like we're I don't remember his name, we're not gonna see each other again. <laughs> maybe maybe but, he's listening. <laughs> but <laughs> he's like, Oh, check this out. Um, I don't know, he said his dad bought him. It was a it was a cassette tape Yeah, of um synchronicity. Nice. And um I don't I don't think he was talking about this song, but he was talking about like he was just a huge fan of Elise. This is a nine year old black kid. <laughs> that's actually a very huge funny. fan of the police um and it came out i guess the year he was born it, you know if he was indeed a year older than me but i think he was yeah but uh that was my introduction to the police um and listening to, to them later like when i got into into high school and I think I found synchronicity at the local library. Nice, nice. Well, it was the one on the base. It was the oh, one okay. on on the on the um, on base uh, library that I found the CD. So, um, no, it was their greatest hits. It was okay. their greatest hits one, but it had King of Pain on it, and uh, this became like my favorite song mm-hmm. on the album, just because uh, I. I I he had that, that
3: connection to the lyrics. You yeah, know? I love that line: "A blind man looking for a shadow of death." Like they're like a lot of the 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 lyrics are just absurd. Yeah. And then he and then he goes in the chorus. I I've stayed here before inside the pouring rain. Like I will always be the king of pain. Like it turns into like a love song in the chorus, but the verses are just like they're bleak. Yeah. You know, there's a huntsman. There's a um, there's a fox caught in the huntsman's trap.
0: Like there's. The most bleak
3: lyrics I have stood here before Inside the pouring rain
0: <laughs> Like um, This was another one um, uh, With Sting reading Carl Jung Or Carl Jung And Arthur Kessler Okay uh, He said that uh, Arthur Kessler Was enthralled with parapsychology And the unexplained workings of the mind which also partly inspired uh, Ghost. He had a, he had a book called Ghost in the Machine. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God! I just realized they, they have an album called Ghost in the Machine. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> it's all starting to make sense. So this was Sting <laughs> uh, doing more reading. Yeah, Jesus and, Christ! And man. Writing the song in five minutes. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was a song I played on repeat when I had that Greatest Hits album. Um, and even though like. Uh, I don't think I made it public, but I do have a Police Covers playlist on Spotify. Branston had a really. Branston.
3: Big... It's no longer there, though.
0: It's not there? Yeah, it took the whole album off. Wow. Yeah. So the, the Policia album? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it had a, a cover, of a Fall Out Boy's cover of Roxanne, Roxanne on there as well. So uh, you'll have to go to YouTube to find that. Yeah, listen to it on the way down, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. These
3: lyrics, though, so like, there's a little black spot on the sun today. And like that's that that always just made me think of like someone staring at the sun to see the little black spot. Like it's just the lyrics, same old thing as yesterday. There's a black hat caught in a high treetop. There's a flagpole rag and the wind won't stop. And then it just goes, "I've stood up inside the pouring rain with the world turning circles around Yeah, it's just, it's it's just yeah. The the lyrics are just. I don't want to say they're nonsensical because in their own way they make sense.
1: Yeah,
0: Ind- individually. Oh, yeah. You can relate to them. Oh, yeah. Um, And, of course, uh, as you mentioned before, Alanis Morissette's cover of it for her Unplugged album. Really good. Yeah. Um, uh, I I, I enjoyed that that version as well.
3: Yeah, I didn't understand at the time when I heard it, when she started singing the lyrics and everyone starts clapping, I was like, I've never heard this song. Is this (laughs) a new song by her that (laughs) that everyone knows and I just don't know? And then when I realized, I was like, oh, they're clapping for the police.
0: That's
4: why... (laughs)
0: Um, On the Billboard Hot 100, King of Pain w- went to number three. Every Breath You Take was number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, King of Pain was number three. Uh, let me see what the, what other singles. Um, well, a song we haven't talked about yet. Um, I imagine it's my f- second favorite one. If <laughs> That's what I'm thinking of. Uh, wrapped Around Your Finger. Yep, yep. My second favorite. <laughs> uh Synchronicity 2 as a single charted at number 16. So kind of shows like the kind of monster this album actually yeah. was. And
3: they were considered the biggest band in the world at the time. So
0: yeah, like 1983 was their year. It's only three of them. <laughs> and they're just, you know,
3: they're biggest band in the world. No, no big deal.
0: <laughs> and they're uh and it, it kind of took people a while to kind of realize that,
4: mm-hmm.
0: um, that how talented this band was, yeah. how unique they were, mm-hmm. and how um, and how good their music actually was. Yeah. You know, it took people a while to come around to it because, you know, when they first started, the first album, Outlandish, the more I think is the first one. Uh, yeah, that's the first album, but this is with like punk is getting all of the, all of the notoriety, all of the pub, especially in the UK. Yeah. Uh, and here come these guys that they're kind of punk, but not exactly. They're, they're, they're playing reggae a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it's going to throw <laughs> people off, you know? Um, yeah. But then, like, Roxanne just took off. Yeah. Um, but then, like, this is, like, this is a band that kind of quit at the top. It's kind of like, put it like this. If Kawhi Leonard retired right now.
3: Yeah, that's a very good,
0: <laughs> very good description. I mean, that that's kind of what
3: it's like. Come um, in for about, what, eight years or so? Yeah. Put out four great albums, and then deuces. <laughs> you know? Uh, that's kind of what it is. Try to pull up raptor. Right? Here we go. Sorry. Yeah, so wrapped around, I remember you tried to do a sample of this song once. Yeah. But it never it never came to fruition. Uh, it's hard to sample. Yeah. <clears throat> there's a there's a lot. So this is another good example of um Stuart Copeland just filling up space. Yeah. Because he can't play fast. <laughs> <laughs> so he's doing so and it works. Don't get me wrong, like he is a tasteful drummer, but he is doing the most in this song. Yeah. All the different, especially at the end, yeah, at the end of the song.
0: But I liked that how um, I liked how. it. <laughs> he, he, yeah. he just add extra stuff. <laughs> can't help it. He
3: just can't help it.
0: <laughs>
3: and I mean, I like him. It's tasteful, but he just he can't. He cannot. He can't help,
0: help it. He can't help himself. See, I
3: gotta. It's like, I got a China crash. I got a splash him like, I can throw in there. I can throw some toms and some snare hits. All right, let's do this, man. Let's do this.
0: You can even see in the video he's doing too much. He's yeah. playing the, uh, what are they, those brush drums? Bru- sticks?
3: Oh, okay. Yeah, he's playing with some brushes. Yeah. It's a very jazz thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Because I think he plays traditional grip, too. He's such a jazz drummer
0: that probably felt so out of place in this band. <laughs> like... Well, I mean, he's probably okay with, okay, they like to play fast. I can play fast. Yeah. <laughs> but then when they start writing some other stuff. Um, and an this adult. was the kind of... I feel like this was the video. I don't know if it was the last one that they made. Mm-hmm. I think it is. This was the last video separate... They,
3: they shot separately.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they, they didn't shoot separately, but I just felt like they were clearly tired of each other. <laughs> um, just and this one might have been the time okay like when we talked about Chicago yeah when they made the hard to say I'm sorry video yeah the focus was on Peter Cetera you right could just feel the animosity. <laughs> so with this video the focus is on sting and the thing is like uh they have a drum set for Stuart Copeland <laughs> they have a uh uh uh, Andy Stubbs is playing an acoustic guitar, which this is not an acoustic yeah, there's guitar. There's no on the acoustic song. guitar in this song at all. <laughs> I think that's like, we just got to give him something wireless or whatever. <laughs> um, Sting is just just uh, frolicking around all these candles. Is I don't this know how many yeah, that's, it Yeah, okay, I
3: remember that. That was so weird. Yeah, this is
0: the video with all the candles. Oh, God, that was so weird. It made no sense.
3: <laughs> they should have done a pop up video on that to explain that. I think there is. There I haven't is? found okay. it, but there is a pop up video about
0: this song. <laughs> Um, is
3: this the one where he's like in the classroom too, with the teacher? Or am I thinking of don't no? Stand so that's, close don't, to me? that's don't that's don't sound okay. so close to
0: me. Yeah, this is one where it's just candles, like five hundred candles.
3: Which has the, it has the same type of subject matter though. <laughs> but,
0: but Sting is just frolicking around, and um, he has on his sunglasses, and uh, <laughs> he's got he's got the stubble. And that's like, that was like the 80s look, right? Yeah. Um, you know, George Michael or oh, Billy yeah. Joel. <laughs> it was like, everyone's just coming for money, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I felt like he was going to be, he just had that type of interview. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. He's
3: like, I got to break free of Stuart and Andy, man. They just, they just all want something from me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like I feel like he was already writing Dreaming of Blue Turtles he was already writing that album <laughs> Gordon Sumner
3: Sumner has to look up for Gordon Sumner <laughs> um, and I love the way it picks up in this last verse yeah like it's just it's just a good song and it's a really close tie between this one and, and King of Pain for my favorite song because I like the musicality of this one like there's the way it picks up there's no real bridge to it but like every verse is a little different and then this one picks up and the yeah, servant is your master. Like it's just. Yeah. Of course,
0: this is uh, staying reading. Yeah. More reading. Oh, yeah. Uh, referencing uh, Scylla and uh, Charybdis, uh, what she references in the first verse, uh, and also the German legend of Faust.
3: Okay. There's a lot going on there. In one song.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, making reference to that. Uh, and also if you if you're looking at the video the knocking down of candles it was just supposed to be one scene because some of them in a circle but then I think at the end he just starts knocking all of them over okay. and that wasn't supposed to happen <laughs> um but yeah I wanted to get to the end of the song where Stuart just starts adding stuff yeah yeah <laughs> <beow>, <laughs> Yeah, as you see there, he's knocking over candles, and that was not supposed to happen. Oh. But at least nothing caught on fire. Yeah, it's a fire hazard. I hope they don't make us light candles at this thing,
3: at our wedding. We don't want to do West anything. What if one candle? We don't want to do anything cheesy. So, like, no sand thing, no candle thing. <laughs> like, we just don't want to, like, oh, we're going to light this candle to unify our love. <laughs> uh, I don't know why that made me think of that. Yeah, no, Stuart, Stuart, Stuart he does the most, man. He can't, you know... And I'm willing to bet one of the things he did not like about Every Breath You Take is he does not hit anything but snare and kick until, like, the bridge. Like, everything is just do, da, do, da, and nothing else. It's probably
0: killing him. He, he clearly he hated the song. He was just like, I could have done more with that song. <laughs> like, look, they just fought, and now he's got to go record the song <laughs> they probably didn't like. He still kind to of go there. He's like I could have done so much more, man. <laughs> so
3: much more. He might I bet Sting was like, man, that rides a bit much at the end, but you know what, man? Go ahead and keep it. I'll, I'll give him something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> give him something. Um so yeah, a lot of the um a lot of the songs or even like even the previous songs, a lot of them came from Sting just reading stuff and and being inspired by it. So that was another one um another it wasn't a single but it, it it's um something that a lot of people listen to uh from the album is tea in the sahara mm-hmm. um i liked how how jazzy that one sounds and that song to me is most certainly a precursor to yeah. dreaming of blue turtles you
3: read i was and i was going to say like it's i think we kind of saw what sting was going to become yeah <laughs> cuz i i do think there's a a, a stark difference between um, his work with the police and the work that he did as a solo artist, you know, definitely more adult contemporary, but like you heard more like smooth jazz influences. Um, I'll let you guys
0: hear because he's
3: working one. with, like you said, he went and hired a bunch of jazz
0: musicians, you know, and he would. It was, and, and it sounded like he actually did something on the bass
3: because
0: mm-hmm. you know you normally don't pay attention to his bass playing. No, you don't. <laughs> but this one, it starts the song. Yeah. And if him and and, and, and Stuart could actually stand each other, <laughs> Stuart probably would have been on that tour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's crazy
3: to think about that. Just like, like what he became. Like this almost reminds me of, um, I don't know, I can't think of the song um, from one of his solo albums. I, I I'm, And I'm going to beat myself up not being able to think of what it, what it is. But this sounds
0: it, it sounds just like It's from um,
3: God what were his solo albums Why can I think of his
0: solo oh, Well there's Dreaming of Blue Turtles uh, Ten Summoner's Tales It sounds like it could have been On that one Ten Summoner's Tales Nothing Like the Sun I think is another one Cause I'm trying to think Of what was on
3: Ten Summoner's Tales That had uh, uh, Fields of Gold in, Yes in, in And that's kind of What it sounds like It could be Almost like a Fields of Gold It's got the three Um The three-letter title, or three-word title that Family Guy made fun of him for. You can always, (laughs) like, you can't understand anything until he says the last three words, like, fields of gold. (laughs) But no, this sounds like it could have been on Ten Summoners Tales. Uh, Well,
0: Ten Summoners Tales also had Shape of My Heart, (laughs) which was written for Juice Juice World. World. (laughs) He just didn't know.
3: Juice World didn't know yet didn't know yet He was like I'm writing this for There's a rapper That's gonna come out In 2018 Called Juice
0: World And he's gonna make This song lit I don't know what That means yet But <laughs> Another song that uh, this, That might remind people As far as like What he was going to be writing Is uh, Fragile From this album? Fragile nope. was on I was like No on this album <laughs> Fragile was on Nothing Like The Sun Okay But it's it kind of that uh, Same vibe? Yeah Yeah um, I can't remember who actually ended up. Sam- I feel like someone sampled "Fragile" at some point. Uh, oh, well, maybe not. We know we know people like to sample "Shape of My Heart," but yeah. we're not talking about that album right now. Mm-mm.
3: Um, that'd be an interesting one to cover
0: though in the future. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So with this, um, this wasn't a single. It was a B-side, "The King of Pain." Yeah. Uh, well, in Britain, and a and a B side to wrapped around your finger in America, but this was this kind of this song kind of doesn't fit, but it does. Like I said, it this is this is what Sting was going. This is the direction he was going. Yeah. He was he was more uh, he was more uh, he had more jazz influenced music mm-hmm. going forward. Um, so yeah, that's Tea in the Sahara. It's almost like he went through phases,
3: like. He went through his his jazzy phase with um the first couple of albums and then like he got a little more bluesy. He used yeah. the he used the world music sound on uh, Brand, the, new, the brand day new Day. With yeah, it's like he just and then he started like he started doing acoustic shows and he what was really cool is and not even go off too far, he started playing some of the songs the way they were meant yeah. to be. So like he played Roxanne like a tango. And that's how it was supposed to be. (laughs) It's like, that's very different. Um, And now he's apparently doing rock music again. So like, it's just, he's Sting. It's like, he just does whatever the hell he wants. And that's awesome. And you have to kind of wonder, and I don't know how he approached writing on the police records, but did he hold back? (laughs) Because he knew that there had to be at least some semblance of cohesion on the songs. So did he hold back? Like, was Sting, like, you know, did he have some of these songs already? He's like, nah, this isn't a police track. Like, did he have <laughs> If I Ever Lose My Faith in You? But he's like, nah, this is not a police track. Did he have English in, Englishmen in New York? This is not a police track. And he just saved them.
1: Because
3: hmm. um, he had a lot of good quality stuff. That's, I think that's possible. And T TNC, and TNC in the Sahara...
0: Just kind of leaked out, like. (laughs) I mean, they probably feel like they needed another song. Yeah. And then uh, (laughs) it's like, well, I'll give them this one. Yeah. This this won't be a single, but it's okay if they uh, if they do that one. It's the previews of the remix, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, let's look at the uh, accolades that it received. Um, With it being nominated for album of the year, uh, it may have been. The great, this this the it's hard to, comp- to not win. The well, not just the greatest to not win, but it's probably like in a category what it was nominated with. Mm-hmm. It's hard to compete to find like okay, these are five great albums, and one of them was clearly going to win. Mm-hmm. But man, if it was any other year, I th-
3: and I think this was the year we talked about because this was, if I remember correctly, this was a heavy year.
0: So with this one, uh. It was nominated with "Let's Dance" by David Bowie. Yeah, okay, I remember this a lot. "An Innocent Man" by Billy Joel, and the Flashdance soundtrack. But the winner was Thriller. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a heavy year. That's a heavy year. Like it's uh, it was the only time they were nominated for Album of the Year. Um, but like any other year, it could have been if Thriller wasn't there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it would have been synchronous. I think yeah. they would have won, but it, hey, if it ended up being any of the other ones, you know, I'm not really mad at that because yeah. of how great those albums were. So that was um that was the one that they didn't win. But um uh they did win Song of the Year. I think and they also For won, Every Breath You Take. Uh, Best Rock album too, right? Uh best rock performance
4: hmm.
0: and there was another one that it won a uh, best rock performance by Doer or group uh this was the second time they had won in 3 years they won for uh well the entire album the entire work uh beating out in a big country by big country <laughs> uh heart and soul by Huey Lewis and the news great song Burning Down the House by Talking Heads. Great song. <laughs> and the album Eliminator by ZZ Top. Great out. Al- that was their comeback album. <laughs> yeah, that was the one that had legs on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, trying to see what else they won here. Man, there's some good stuff in the eighties. <laughs> um, I just wanted to pull up one more thing about what they, what they uh what they won Where the accolades? well I mean it made a bu- of course a bunch well, like of say, lists it won it won song of the year mm-hmm. um and I wanted to get to see what the nominees were that okay. they beat
3: out well I guess while you looked that yeah. up um number 17 on the Rolling Stones list of 100 greatest albums of the 1980s and um as far as just the greatest albums of all time, they ranked it as a uh, 455, which I think is really low for this album, but it's Rolling Stones, so, you know, it's, they're not the white yeah, stripes, minute, you man, know,
0: man. um, they're not the white stripes or Neil Young or um, Neil, or <laughs> Neil Young. <laughs> uh, so they won song of the year. They beat out, uh, all night long by Lana Ritchie, <laughs> um, beat it and Billie Jean. Wow and maniac
3: by michael sambello yeah that would have been his chance the ls is we never heard from him again
0: oh man um and they won best uh they won best rock performance yeah. for the album they won best pop performance by duo or group for uh every breath you take in which they beat out uh do you really want to hurt me by culture club Oh, boy. I was about to say Boy George, but they, that was, that was uh, bad. How Do You Keep the Music Playing by James Ingram and Patti Austin.
4: Right.
0: The Girl is Mine by Michael Jackson oh. and Paul McCartney. Nice. Uh, a lot of people don't really like that song, but somehow it was nominated for a Grammy. <laughs> and Islands in the Stream by Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton.
3: Islands in the Stream. <laughs> oh, man. Famously sampled later by Praz and Maya. And ODB, and ODB, rest in peace, bro.
0: Um, so yeah, that will. Uh, those are the the awards that they won. Anything else that you'd like to add about this particular album?
3: Um, so this is one of those records that when we came back to it, I started to realize it was better than I thought. Like I liked it, um, and now it's better. You know, it's better than I thought. It's one of those albums that um, there I didn't have to do a ton of prep on this because I listened to. 80% of the album on a, you know, semi-regular basis. So I'm intimately familiar with these songs um, and, like, really, really like these songs. And if anything, it just kind of, you know, strengthened my th- strengthened my thought that um, they might have been the best band of that era. I mean, I know they're only yeah. a three-piece, um, but they were just so good. Like, the music they put out was just so good. And I don't think... Um, I don't think they're as remembered as they should be. Maybe I think I don't want to say the legend of Sting, but I think the celebrity of Sting has kind of is overshadowed, yeah. kind of like Justin Timberlake, kind of has overshadowed what what Insync did. Yeah, uh, I remember talking to Monario about that. We were talking about like those artists that are so big, they overshadow where they came from.
0: And it 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 can. There was a uh, I can't remember where it was. If it was something for the Grammys or the Billboard Music Awards, it might have been, or the American Music Awards. But in sync did a performance
4: mm-hmm.
0: without Justin Timberlake, and instead of Justin Timberlake, they had Ariana Grande. Damn. And like they took a, they like, had a picture and wherever, and mm-hmm. it's like, this isn't the same. No, it's not. It's just, it's just not the same. I mean, it's cool that they went, they that they were there, but. I mean, Justin, your tour got canceled. Like, what? what yeah, why aren't you there? Yeah, where were you? Yeah. Is it what an you ego doing? thing at this point? Yeah, that, I wonder, because they made an appearance on the VMAs one year, maybe two or three years ago, mm-hmm. and it was all five of them. And it seemed like they, but they like performed together for like five seconds. It was like a snippet. Oh, that's kind and of... And I thought that, okay, maybe they're going on tour together, mm-hmm. or they're trying to put an album together, or, or something like that, but... That was it was like never mentioned again and the next time we hear from them it's just four of them without what we could refer to as the Michael of the group yeah and without <laughs> him it's like I mean it's not the same I mean even though I don't know if it's an unpopular opinion uh but JC is the better singer I, I <laughs> totally <wholeheartedly. laughs> agree but he's he's he didn't become a star no, after they not. broke up so it was just, it it just didn't feel right, and I think a lot of people forget what NSYNC was. Yeah, how massive they were, how big they were, and like the competition with the Backstreet Boys and mm-hmm. and just the 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 pop that was all over the place with them and Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera. And, mm-hmm. um, I don't think, people but it's all been that. overshadowed by Justin Timberlake and his success. Yeah, um, and basically him working with black producers yeah (laughs) (laughs) like you threw that in there at the end so and i i honestly think
3: too sting's i think one of the reasons why is because sting's um i think is his image has almost been revamped like the first time i i see sting was in um do you remember the the roxanne remix that they did that I think like proz did he's in a suit that's not punk that's not that's not rock and roll He's in a suit, and, like, every time you see him throughout the 90s, he's dressed fashionably in, like, really nice clothing that appeals to a certain type of person. When he showed up um, singing, every breath you take, um, you know, I'll be missing you at Puffy, he's in a suit. Um, and he, just, he doesn't look like he did in the 80s, and I get it. Like, you can't dress like you did in the 80s, but you're not even dressing in the equivalent of what it would be now. Like, you look completely different. And then if you go back and you look at him and the police, he's dressed completely different. He's got a completely different vibe and aesthetic. And it's just completely what he is now has completely overshadowed what they did to the point of where his music doesn't even sound the same. So, I don't, I mean, I guess maybe that's a, I, I don't know, maybe you could consider it a good thing that there's such a clear distinction between the police and Sting. Because if, I'm, if we're being real, Justin's first album sounded like the next evolution of NSync, you know, coming yeah. from um the pop album. <laughs> like he didn't even try to distinguish himself. Sting did, you know. Um and so it's just it's just interesting. It's you know, he's is the <laughs> he's he just became bigger than them,
0: and they were huge. So that was kind of hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> um I think that with the album it's going to it should it should be, for anyone who's who's looking into what new wave music is, yeah, that's it's something that, um, it, it 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 is the it's the definition of a new wave album,
2: yeah,
0: and, um, but there but there but it's one of the few, and I I really can't think of any others to where the focus was on the music itself, not the image of the band, yeah, because that was definitely a thing in the eighties to where. You know, just like now you gotta have a, a social media following yeah. to get noticed by record companies, then you had to have a look, not just good music. You yeah. had to have a look. And um while they did have a look, the music was also there. Yeah. They weren't just, you know, someone who didn't know how to play a keyboard but knew what <laughs> button they needed to push. Yeah.
3: Well they were you had a really, really good writer and two really, really good musicians. So I don't
0: think there's any way they would let the music I mean, take they had exit. they had someone who was who if he wasn't doing music, he would have been a school teacher, yeah, so which is what um, it was
3: like he was writing in his songs like yeah, I would have been a, I'll be a professor, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think they would I don't think they would let anything other than the music take center stage
0: even if their record label wanted them to. I don't think yeah. they would let it happen, um so uh. Yeah, you guys should go back and listen to Synchronicity, and you know, it. it who knows what the, they probably they couldn't go any further from a from a personal standpoint. No, they couldn't go any further. But mm-hmm. who knows what they could have done musically? Yeah, if they were able to stay and being around each other. Yeah,
3: I, and I like I said, you know, with the clear distinction between, I mean, and then listening to T Sahara and Sahara the, in the Sahara, and I never thought about that. Maybe that's where Sting wanted to go. And he just knew yeah. they weren't gonna they wouldn't come with him. Yeah. Maybe they just he just knew like, yeah, they're they're not going to. Stuart Copeland wanted to make songs like the equalizer theme song. Yeah. <laughs> like they just,
4: you know,
0: it's like, yeah, I wanna do this and they're
3: I don't think they'll come with me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that will do it on our discussion on the police's synchronicity. Um you can check it out. Um, well, anywhere that music is streamed or sold or on YouTube, and uh, they have a Vivo channel. Head down to your local Sam Goody. (laughs) (laughs) Or FYE. Oh, Uh, So we'll get to my Earworm of the Week. Um, Ben has had this artist as an Earworm of the Week a while back uh, by the name of Gold Link. Oh, yeah. uh, Oh, man. He just came out with a new album called uh, Diaspora. And um, I was looking to see, like, is he, like, is he? Did he grow up in Africa or something? But he's from DC. I don't know. DC. He's a DC rapper. Yeah, I, knew, I know that much. He's a DC <laughs> rapper. Um, but this song, he was listening to, um. He was listening to some some Afro beats. Okay. Uh, I think that I uh, I don't know if the album is uh, heavy on the Afro beats influence, but this one is definitely an Afro beats type of song, um, and. uh this is from his new album, Diaspora. It's called Zulu Screams,
2: <laughs>
0: featuring Malik Barry and Bibi Barelli. I like that name. <laughs> and uh, we're going to play it right now once we get it queued up, and we'll be right back. that is zulu screams by gold link featuring Malik berry and bb barelli i
4: like
0: that that's the beat they
3: all they wanted me to play at that church <laughs> like every song
0: yeah that's the beat they wanted and you can find that on our btt YHT earworms playlist right now yeah you hear that a
3: lot in um you hear that a lot in nigerian music nigerian pop music
0: yeah, they love that beat. <laughs> well, uh, Ben. Uh, well, before I before I bring it back to you, um, you can find that song on our BTTYC Earworms playlist right now. Um, it is also on my we Lit playlist, of course. So uh, there's that. Uh, that will bring us to the end of our program. Ben, can you tell the people where we can be found?
3: Yes, I'm going to look right into the camera. Hi, everybody. So if you're watching this <laughs> <laughs> if you're watching this video, first of all, thank you for watching it. We really do appreciate that. Um, you have found our Facebook page. that is awesome. Um, for those of you who are listening and you would like to watch this video or even watch the future telecasts of us, um, you can go to facebook.com/ by the time you hear this. Um, if you want to go to our website, it is by the time you hear this.com. If you want to find us on IG slash the gram, um, you can find us at By the Time You Hear This with the letter U. The website and the Facebook is with the word U. Um, and we spell it with the letter U for the Instagram as well as our email address at gmail.com because
0: we're urban. Yes, we is. Yeah, you like that? I that <laughs> yes. We're not under investigation. Nope. We're not underage. N- oh, God, no. Roy Moore. <laughs> he's running again?
3: I don't know if he's running again, but he's complaining that he doesn't know why people are looking at him weird and don't want him in Washington.
1: <laughs> and someone's
3: like, bruh, like you were trolling the mall for underage girls.
0: Like, get out of here. Calling the high schools trying to get them out of trigonometry class.
3: Yeah, man. <laughs> You're like the the Alabama version of R. Kelly. <laughs> Everyone knew, but no one said anything. <laughs> <laughs> and now all the same And I will say This is kind of messed up The people that knew Are now probably Throwing them under the bus <laughs> Like I never thought It was cool Like didn't you give Didn't you answer the phone At the high school <laughs> <laughs> No man no But anyway But yeah we're none Of those things We're none of those things no, We're just urban We're just urban Yeah we're just urban That's it Oh, you know?
0: But also Underrepresented yeah, Underrepresented we Yes that.
3: we are We're working on that though You know get out and vote Rock the vote <laughs> but That was 97 too right That was, that, that was like ninety two. <laughs> 92. Yeah. <laughs> rock the
0: vote. Um, vote or die. That was voter. 2008. <laughs> <laughs> I voted, but I'm still dying.
3: <laughs> Who said that? You told me about that. I voted, but I'm still dying. <laughs> I don't know. All these. All these I feel like rivers. that's something one of our friends said. Yeah, I think
4: so. <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right. So, um, but yeah, so those are the ways you can find us on social media as well as the interwebs. Now, if you want to listen to us um, on the go to avoid that annoying busker. At the train station or the bus station? Yes. Um, I'm thinking about getting a suitcase, suitcase kit because someone's like, oh, if you're busking, this is what you need to use. So I might do some busking. Who knows? Look for me. I'll, I'll put it on something. Um, but if you would like to find us, um, our podcast, because as Greg said, that's what this is. Um, you can check us out. If you have an Apple device or iOS device, check us out in the iTunes or Apple podcast store because iTunes doesn't exist anymore forgot that um check us out on the apple podcast player um if you have an android device you can check us out in the google music application that's the uh, last time i checked the orange triangle that says google music that's where the podcasts are housed um you can also check us out on Castbox, which is an aggregate statue podcast player overcast auto radio um tune in radio play.fm listen notes um you can check us out on um Spotify as well. Um, we encourage you listen to the listen to the show. You know if you're listening already, thank you. Um, on any of those services, leave a review. Seems like a simple thing, but it does help quite a bit. Um, anything less than five stars, and we're gonna assume that you're a hater.
0: Yeah. Facebook is already hating on us because of uh, 34 seconds of music that we played. Um, is Gordon watching? <laughs> He's gonna get a hundred percent of zero royalties for this. We ain't got no money, bro. <laughs> we got nothing to give you.
3: So, so I have to explain that it's for commentary uses yes, only. Because we're talking about it. We're not trying to make money off yeah. of this. We're just having a good time talking about some of our favorite stuff. Um, these are a few of our favorite things. And for those of you listening, you know, like we said, we do appreciate it. Tell a friend and ask them to tell a friend. <laughs> And then ask them to tell a friend. <laughs> and then, y'all, you know, everyone's listening. I did tell some um, the people from Vega, I don't know if they're listening, if they are, awesome! But I don't know if they are. I told Alex about it, and he subscribed to both of the pods that I do, so I was like, that's awesome, man. I appreciate it.
0: Yes, yeah, thank you to everyone, everyone mm-hmm. listening and subscribing and downloading. Um, and, uh, yeah. So we're going to end the show with... Um, I guess the we played everything off the album except <laughs> for oh my god we didn't except play oh for my oh, oh my god, god. Yeah. I, no we well, no we will we well, well no we
3: can play oh my god yeah that starts out with the very it's a kind of almost kind of a, a a little bit of kind of a funky track and it's got um, the bassline to me
0: when it starts out it sounds like day tripper I think at least so we're gonna end it with that and. Um, I, you know, okay I was thinking like wait not that one because that's the one that he didn't write oh no but this was right. He, he wrote this one he did write that god, one god I would but. not suggest an Andy's <laughs> son <laughs> <laughs> no no. alright so we're going to end the show with that and we want to thank you all for if you watched on Facebook live thank you for watching and if you're listening on your mobile device or however you listen uh, thank you for listening and thank we'll talk you. to you very 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 soon Peace. peace